This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. And welcome to the Stardom Cast, your bi-monthly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom right here on the Podmania Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Rob Good, and I'm joined as ever by Christopher O'Brien. Christopher O'Brien, how are you? Not eh, eh, fair. Eh. Some really good wrestling this weekend, I haven't seen all of it. I did. Okay, <laughs> I know that you were a Those big are... fan of uh, of Wrestle Peter Pan. I saw that you gave yeah, the match we... one of your coveted five star ratings. Yeah, I really loved Akiyama versus um, Takashita. But as soon as I put it up, two people were like, "Oh yeah, I didn't like it that much." <laughs> Fuck him, dumb, Chris. Big, dumb, Fuck him, Chris. It was, big, it was a big dumb epic, and I watched it with Valkic, who's very loud. Very loud. I think you've mentioned this on our previous stream um, and, yeah. and many other podcasts about just how how loud Valkage can be. He's a loud man, so he kind of raises your energy up. So it's not exactly like my <laughs> love of, of the devil. Met. <laughs> um, yeah, also Ring of Honor was really fun. Yeah, I did see good things about Ring of Honor. I haven't seen Night 2 yet, but Night 1 was really fun. Watch that with Forest Over and Four Pillars of Hell. The YouTube fam. <laughs> YouTube fam. <laughs> From the ghetto of Scotland, Chris O'Brien. Because oh, literally what happened was I was like, oh, I, if my normal stream pals, which is basically Val, Valkage, and then I'd say you, but you never turn up. Um, or, or they watch you really, never they... tell me when they're going to be. Because I, I don't plan these ahead. <laughs> You give me the wrong impression with this completely. Anyway, um, so when when I put it, I put out, and then Forrest is me going to be watching Ring of Honor. I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess we are. And then Ethan joined in. It was fun. Good, good. It was weird. It's weird that they put all the championship matches on night one and then a load of random matches oh, like, and the cage match on night two. I think the cage match, they didn't want to take it because... In storyline, it's like a year in the making of the cage match. Whether or not people care is another issue. They're really pushing forward with <laughs> the cage match. Uh, yeah, it's it's not something I'm tuning in for, is uh, is Ode Vincent versus Matt Taven. Red Titus versus Gresham was good, though. Yeah, that's because it's not Vincent versus Matt Taven, Chris. 
I mean, that's not the only reason. It Like, a lot of things aren't... In fact, most things aren't Vincent versus Matt Taven. I would argue that everything that isn't Vincent and Matt Taven isn't Vincent and Matt Taven. And Vincent's basically a better Bray Wyatt, isn't he? <sighs> Don't rise to it, Rob. Don't rise to it. He's trying to bait you. I like but... it. Because that's what finally apparently got you to stop watching WWE was them firing Bray Wyatt. Not it... like all the awful atrocities they've nope. committed. Not like not the drug dealing. Nope. Not the murders. Nope. Not the blood on their hands. Not the nope. deals with corrupt governments. Nope. Um, not not the um, not paying their guys health care. Um, not 2K20. Um, no. But also, you're still going to buy 2K22 despite the fact Fire Pro Wrestling exists and is the perfect wrestling game. Well, I think the fact that. It's now WWE 2K22 has now been delayed till March. I think that I'm just I'm just done with the company in general. Um, uh, are you now? Well, we'll see Does how long that you're lasts. You're finally going to find some time to watch some DDT. <laughs> Behave yourself. Behave yourself, Christopher. However, um, there is something I want to uh, bring up with you in regards to uh, the Forbidden Door. So uh, I, I, look forward I to that. About- they talk about obscure Japanese wrestling to avoid the fucking Forbidden Door. I'm afraid that Forbidden Door is opening and hitting you on the ass, Chris O'Brien. It's closer than you fucking think. Yeah, it's, if it's hitting my it's ass, coming. it's coming. <laughs> um, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we uh, we apologise for being late. We are, in fact, a day late, a book short. Uh, it's entirely Chris's fault. Oh, I Yes, we... <laughs> We don't get enough Blink-182 references in this podcast. But yes, uh, it is 100% uh, Chris's fault that we are a day late. We will, of course, be streaming every other Sunday, hopefully going forward. Um, birthdays. If there's any shows. Yeah, if there are any shows, um, which brings us nicely on to the news. It's been a weird couple of weeks, hasn't it, Chris? <laughs> but first thing I want to ask you, Chris... Um, and I have a feeling I already know your answer to this. Um, <laughs> Britt Baker was asked who she would like to wrestle um, of people that weren't on the AEW roster. And in a lovely in a lovely moment, she put over Mayu uh, Itani um, and said that basically she's the best in the world, uh, which she is, obviously. She was, she was last year. Um, and it's drawn... Let's be kind and say divided opinion. <laughs> um, there's been you mean, a few you mean, people who Stardom fans are being divisive. Like, yeah, no way, no fucking way. I've never seen that in my life. I know it's weird, isn't it? Wrestling fans being confrontational. It's bizarre. Um, yeah, for cunt. But basically, my question to you, Chris, is: What would your opinion be if we did, in fact, get a Britt Baker versus Mayu match? It's it exposes stardom to more people, I guess. Like, which can only really be a good thing. Um, like, it it would be fine. The match would probably be all right. Like, Britt Baker's nothing special unless she's like she's had she had that really good match where um Thunder Rosa, mm. and then everything else is either bad or mid. Um, yeah. Which, like, so, sure, I'm sure the match would be good. Mayu's done more with less. Absolutely. It's not like Brick Baker doesn't doesn't have the fundamentals down. She just kind of, meh. Yeah. Um, So, like, that wouldn't be the worst thing. Isn't, like, what the people who think this, because, honestly, Mayu just going over for a match is fine. Like, what's the, 
What what are the people who don't want this saying? I think the people that don't want this are of the opinion that Brit is very much a story-based wrestler. Um, there needs oh, to okay, be so some basically... sort of context to that fight. I think if she were to wrestle a more a more Japanese schedule or a more Japanese style where, you know, matches can just be made on a whim and they're good because Japanese wrestling is pretty much universally good, then I, people seem to think, I think she that's... hasn't got the in-ring now to support that. I, okay, I think that's stupid on many levels. For one, they've, again, they've given Brett last and she's done fine. Mm. And it doesn't need to be a deep story. It can be just an invading outside force. It would be weird seeing May, as sad and fancy May in that position, but it's not exactly a transition. She couldn't do Dickhead May who exists. Dickhead May who does exist, and Dickhead May who is like, actually prevalent in the five star at the moment. And honestly, I, if it's a case of tag leagues happening and they're not putting her in tag league so she won't be doing anything why the fuck not it's literally it's literally nothing but one more may match at that point yeah you've you've got to think that mayu singles matches don't often miss irrelevant of who they're with i can't think of the last bad mayu singles match the last the last one that Fell a bit flat was I think the Saki match for No People Gate, but that wasn't either woman's fall. That I was just the atmosphere. Have you watched that recently? Oh, <laughs> Velkis, it... Kelly Klein. Yep, you're absolutely right. That was a dumpster fire. That was absolutely terrible. But to be completely fair, it's Kelly Klein in it. Like... Yeah, if if we are if we're comparing Britt Baker to Kelly Klein, I don't think there's really a comparison to be made. Um. Okay. In... Kelly Klein didn't quite know what she wanted to be. Britt Baker at least has an idea of what kind of wrestler she wants to be. And that kind of wrestler works. AW fans really like her. Mm. Um, but then again, I've seen what they cheer. So, but... I think it boils down to as well, and we're not going to spend ages talking about this because the chances of it happening soon are very slim anyway. Um, I think it does depend slightly on where they wrestle as well. If they wrestle in Japan then I don't know how much the Japanese crowd are going to be into Britt Baker. However, if this takes place in America, then you've got a crowd who are super behind Britt, super invested in what she does, and Mayu is Mayu. It's a trade-off either way, isn't it? Because your average AEW fan isn't going to know who Mayu is. I've heard some rumble. I've heard some rumble, because... It's a weird because on our Twitter timelines there'll be a fair bit of crossover between AW stuff fans and Stardom fans, right? Yeah. But what people forget when they see that is a very small percent of the population have a Twitter account, an even smaller percent of that small percentage tweet. Mm. So, like, when you see that, it's a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. The people who are like going to the shows, the million people who are watching in America every, every week, they're not going to know who. May with so you're gonna have that trade off either way, aren't you? Yeah, I think to a lesser extent it would be like Liger going to WZW. Yeah, that's the thing. It may went there as a case of she'd have to build up her like look how long it took Sheeda to build up a profile there. That's true. That's true. Um, I think the most important thing that you've got to take from this is if this if this whatever if this does happen and um, 
Plug Pedro on Twitch has just said, you know, it's going to be better than a Ring of Honor run, and I, I think that's I think that's true, um, and especially well, with yeah, the amount of clout that AEW has at the moment. You know, it it's it's only going to be a good thing. Even if Mayu loses, if Mayu loses, then it doesn't matter. It's raised yeah, right. the profile of stardom in America, which is what they want. And it's a case of the argument which I'm gleaming is Brits below Mayu goes completely out the window when you realise Mayu wrestles a child at least once a week. Yeah, and Mayu has lost against a clown. So, yeah. you know, it it swings and roundabouts really um it depends how they packaged mayu coming over um if they just imported her as just another japanese talent and didn't take the time to actually invest in her um and to be honest AEW commentary does a fantastic job nine times out of ten if someone comes over they do their research you know people like excalibur does a lot of research my favorite one was when Thunder Rosa first came in, and they were named the champion, like the um, NWA Women's Championship, and she was holding something else now. <laughs> and yeah. and then um, Excalibur just went, "Oh, I'm the princess, uh, princess, not princess, but no, it's the International Princess Championship in um, to the clown in in Tokyo Joshi Pro." And <laughs> Jim Ross is like, "Ah, at least someone's heard of that." <laughs> yes, you do run the risk of uh, of Jim Ross just completely blackballing it, but. Uh... Like yeah. he's been shit since like 2002 anyway. So, um, let's move on then, Chris. You mentioned uh, tag league, um, and the fact that you know they might let Mayu or out of tag league, looking very slim as the fact that the stardom injuries keep on coming. Um, obviously it's been a while since we've uh, we've podcasted together. Um, and since then, Momo, um. <laughs> came up on the uh, We Are Starting Twitter account. The Momo will be forced to miss the weekend shows. That was the weekend just gone, the 13th Corican show, um, to heal up some injuries. Uh, they apologize for the changes to the cards. Can't seem to find what is wrong with Momo. Um, I imagine um, if we are to speculate, it is something to do with a heavily, heavily, heavily strapped up back. Um and I imagine that was heavily, heavily strapped to get her through those first two days. Um, but yeah, injury burying Momo also. <laughs> Let- <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Luckily, um, with regards to that, the schedule's so loose that they can just put Momo in different days. Yeah, that's true. Like it's, it's not. Like, no one's had to forfeit or anything, so that's good. If this was, like, regimented, like, New Japan do, we'd just have a forfeit, but they're fine rescheduling it, because I assume it's because Momo's going to be a contender for the win. So. You'd assume so, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you look at Himika, Himika, you know, we're going to be reviewing up to night six tonight. Himika is yet to wrestle um, at all, so... Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. She's only one of two wrestlers yet to do so, eh? Her and Takumi. Her and uh, yeah. Um Another person leaving the roster, um, not due to injury, thank God, is uh, Hina of Queen's Quest, who is going to take a hiatus from wrestling to study for her high school entrance exam. So, not a lot to say about that, just we wish her all the luck. Hope she does really well. Um, she won as part of her last match at Corican, which I thought was very, very nice. And Azumi and Utami, you know, raised her hands and stuff. So that was really, really nice. I enjoyed that. Um, the big news, of course, 
um, in regards to uh, stardom is that they've had to cancel quite a few shows uh, due to COVID exposures. Reported on their Twitter account, several of our athletes are undergoing mandatory at-home isolation due to contact tracing with the coronavirus infection. As a result, our August 21st and 22nd shows, which were yesterday and Saturday as we record, um, have been cancelled. Thank you for your continued support for stardom. Several dates were cancelled before that as well. I believe a show on the 15th was also cancelled now from what i understand um this is again nothing confirmed but i believe it's the ring announcer um yuri kosakai 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 the ring announcer i don't know i don't know it doesn't make you wrong (laughs) we do say may you wrong Uh, it's all right but we lean into that i sometimes i still sometimes call the b driver the dude buster just to annoy someone (laughs) Um, yeah, but apparently it is um, the ring announcer that has been diagnosed with coronavirus, and obviously any wrestlers that are in close contact with her have had to isolate for, I, be- I believe, the quarantine time in Japan is still 10 days. I, I don't know. Um, but obviously that has put paid to a significant chunk of the uh, of the five-star. You know, um, they tend to be close to the ring announcer. Well... I think it's more friendly. I think if you're in the ring with them, it's it's not as bad. Otherwise, you know, the entire roster would have to isolate. But I think it's people that hang out with her outside of um, outside of the ring. I think they're more bothered about. Um, I mean, yeah. Um, to be fair, though, yeah, that that is probably the best, though, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I'd I'd much rather Stardom stay safe and play it safe than try and plough through this tournament and endanger, you know, four, five, six other people or, you know, mm-hmm. the audience. So Yeah, or like just the entire... Because at that point, you're going to have the entire roster down if you just try and power through. Exactly. And as we've already said, you've got Hina leaving, you've got Momo injured, you've got Jungle, Natsukatora, Saya injured, and Himika injured. So, you know... God forbid there are any more injuries in the five-star. That's six people out already without COVID isolations. They're going to struggle to put together cards if they have many more down. What you should start doing is putting crosses over people on the top who are injured. (laughs) (laughs) On top of the banner? Yeah. (laughs) Like Bray Wyatt did in the Funhouse. Pray for Bray Wyatt. Um, Another day that has been cancelled is the impending show on September the 5th. That is another card that has been cancelled. That is in Ibaraki at the Sakuba Capio Arena, and that's been uh, cancelled due to the state of emergency being extended there. Um, the building's going to be closed to events, so Stardom can't run it. Um, however, what they have said is they are going to be adding another date, um, September the 16th, which is a Thursday, I believe, um, they're adding that to the five-star schedule. We'll give you the full schedule as it stands at the moment, pending any other cancellations. We'll give that at the end of the show when we go through all the current block standings. Um, but this will take place on Thursday, September the 16th, and it's going to be taking place in Corican Hall. Um, so I think what we can glean from all this, Chris, um, as we sort of move away from this, um, it is a good job that... 
stardom schedule shows with you know where you've only got two block matches and stuff mm-hmm. like that um because i believe it was said in our discord it does leave a lot of gaps yeah that exactly. we can and fill and still get the full quota I, of matches that's one thing stardom has been bad at is contingencies like mm-hmm. we saw um cosmic angels and stars based that whole feud basically just fizzle out because Mina went down and we didn't and they had a point where they wanted the Eredity thing to start so we ha- just had to bin it yeah like that's something Stardom's just bad to be fair a lot of companies about New Japan's really bad at that yeah so like like if this happened in the G1 the G1 would just be fucked so well, I'm kind we've, of happy we've seen that... it happen before with the G1 where yeah, this... people have just had to you know yeah when we saw to be fair, we saw this shit happen last year with the five star where like stuff just got continuously moved around so we've learned from like it didn't end up affecting last year's five star that much no like, I, only, did it i think only, two shows match- got cancelled and then suri had to forfeit a couple of matches didn't she because of a yeah mom. like yeah but for the most part they uh they did move they did move the matches on those cards to other cards so like everything ended up being fine yeah and but they just learned okay maybe we should just not fuck with covid <laughs> <laughs> don't fuck with covid it fucks back basically um yeah i think i think we will be all right um obviously we say that we can't possibly account for what's going to happen in terms of states of emergency in different um prefectures and things like that so obviously Are you about we'll to say peninsula? i was going to say peninsula and it's because i've got a poster on my wall with it's like a world map and stuff but it's got the word peninsula on it so Ignore me. Um, uh, all I've got, all I've got in front of me is my window. Actually, and two monitors. To the window, to the wall. Um. Anyway, so and alarm. Yeah, we um. And some hemp. Keep... I'm just naming stuff. Hemp. Deck now. You've got hemp. Pens. Oh, pens. Oh, pens. That makes far more sense than hemp. Um. Why the fuck would you have hemp in the window? Um. Grow it. Anyway. <sighs> The final is going to happen. It, it's got to happen. Um, you know, I think it's the 25th of September at Otterward City Gym. It's got to happen because it's on pay-per-view and they've got to deal with Samurai TV to broadcast it. So it's far more complicated to cancel that than it is to cancel, you know, a show in, you know, Shinjuku Face or something like that. Um so we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, as we get close to the 25th of September, we'll have a far clearer idea about what's going to happen. They might just have to add more dates. Um, more matches might get added to the pay-per-view. I, I don't know. Um, Christ, Rack is going to have to wrestle five times. Really, yeah, I was just going to say, Iroa's going to have to have eight matches. She's going to have to do her entire block matches a gauntlet. It's going to be like when Kikatsu retires. Exactly. One-minute matches in a gauntlet style. Um... Let's kick into some results then, because we have got four nights to talk about. And even though there isn't, you know, a great deal to talk about on some of the nights, there were some absolute bangers as well. Um, let's start with night three then, though. The five-star Grand Prix 2021 night three from August 7th, 2021. The first of two shows in two days from the Edian Arena Osaka 2 in front of 279 
people. Um, a couple of non-tournament matches to start us off. A three-way match. Mina Shirakawa defeated Hina and Starlight Kid with her new roll-up variation, the Glamorous Collection Mina, in 9 minutes and 28 seconds. I hate it when people put their own names in their finishing move. It's in capital letters as well to proper emphasise it, just to I, kiss I can't you think off. Of one, I can't think of one finishing move with someone's name in it that's actually good. Evil. That's not good. I like evil. I like everything's evil. What's wrong with that? It's an STF. It's, it's STO. STO. What evil. did I say? STF. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at the um, fucking results. Because there's, be- there's better STOs. Can you name one? Shibata. Oh, yeah. Shibata is good. Yeah. There we go. Fair. <laughs> it's like, can you name one? Shibata. Yeah, name oh. one, there, dickhead. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Fine. I like how you keep, you keep trying to challenge me on things and then you keep getting slapped down like the bitch you were. Okay, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'll just bide my time. You wait till you send me a text message and it's riddled with grammar errors, dickhead. <laughs> yeah. Writing, yeah. And wrestling, writing and wrestling knowledge are two different... I, I, that's the thing, I joke about how bad I am at writing. There's a reason I do videos and not <laughs> write articles. <laughs> Uh, we then have tag team match Queen's Quest Saya Kamatani and Momo Watanabe defeated the Uida Tai team of Rina and Konami when Saya pinned Rina with the Star Crusher in 7 minutes and 55 seconds and then a 6 woman tag team match the Stars team of Mayu Koguma and Hanan defeated Lady C and the Donna Del Mondo team of Natsupoi and Micah when Koguma uh, defeated Lady C with the German suplex in 10 minutes and 26 seconds no um, way Lady C took the 4 you're joking. I, th- I think that's a 78th loss or something like that. Straight. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, like... Or no, is it... She, no, 68th, a, I think. I, 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 I absolutely... Like, it's a case of she doesn't have other young lions to fight. Yeah, so that it's doesn't case, help. Yeah, so, like, she just kind of has to go out there and be thrown in the deep end. Yeah, yeah. Um... It's like if you it's like if you put you against Randy Couture. Actually Randy Couture doesn't fight anymore. It's like if we put you versus Miochit. I can't say that properly. Him. The... Francis and Ganu. Sure. I'm not a massive MMA guy. Okay. Um You have Chris as a badass though. Yeah, that's true. You have Chris with his fucking massive head. It's not that big. Mate, honestly, you need to put a photo in our Discord and on Twitter. In fact, I'm going to find it and I'm going to post it on our Twitter of your creator UFC fighter. And everyone can see the massive fucking Swede you've given your UFC fighter. You don't have a lot of options for customization in in UFC 3. I I feel like you could have shrunk the head slightly instead of making it part cow. It's part cow, Jesus. There wasn't any fucking cow ears at the top. No, but it was a massive head, and that's the animal with the biggest head I could think of. You know, without being stupid and going like, you know, blue whale. Elephant. Do they have big heads? Proportional to the rest of it. Actually, they're about the size of my body. And they have big bodies. They do have big bodies. I feel like we've got distracted. <laughs> I feel like that's, I feel like that's part of our charm. I feel like that is part of our charm. Uh, it makes people turn off though, which is also quite disappointing. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> Fuck them kids. 
Um, this brings us to our first five-star match of the podcast, which was Blue Block match. Tam Nakano going to four points, defeating Ruwaka with a violet shooting. Um, Chris, what do you think of this? Violent shooting. Um, I know it's violet shooting, but I just... In my head, I, was like, I heard violent shooting. Yeah, that, I think that's and what then, it's supposed to be a parody of, to be perfectly and then, honest. And then I'm like, what kind of shooting isn't violent? <laughs> Passive shooting. Yeah, I think, <laughs> you missed, I know. <laughs> it was done with um, love. This is fine. This is, I expect this to be like bang average, but it ended up being actively good. Only yeah, just, yeah. but it was. Um, like, Raka did a good job of. Um, making herself a threat, mm-hmm. which is hard to do. You know, it's funny. I can hear an echo of myself because you've got your headphones on over your fucking hat. Oh, sorry. Your mic's <laughs> um, but yeah, Tams did a good job of selling for Ruaka. The match was structured well enough where you could actually think that Ruaka is going to win, which is hard to do. She's taken on the Toro role very well and mm-hmm. make, it makes more sense because she's 16 and every 16 year old is some version of an idiot like can you name a smart 16 year old um Greta Thunberg is she 16 I, I thought know. she was like 12 no no she's definitely older than 12 she was 12 at some point but I don't think she's 12 anymore I think most of us were 12 at some point most of us yeah some of us don't make it there get out Chris what? Kid <laughs> hell, mate. Jesus. What the fuck is wrong with you? You you questioned the most of us. Yeah, I no, I didn't. Oh, but me saying wanking over Jeremy Corbyn was weird. It wasn't specifically for Jeremy Corbyn. It's the fact that you brought up the wanking to begin with. It came out oh. of nowhere. Yeah, well, like, that's sort I... of the point. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's all right. We don't get money anyway, so pretty much demonetized anyway. Um, yeah, this was good. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed this match. I enjoyed both Ruaka's matches, to be fair. Um, yeah. I enjoy the fact that Tam's arm injury is going to be a through line throughout the tournament. Yeah, it makes me worry because Tam's a in like middle of a road seller. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. And also, we had like an arm selling masterclass in Micah versus Tammy, so that's yeah. what it's going to be compared to throughout the whole tournament. That's true, and I will say, for the most part, I mean, we had this match, um, the Sire match, and the Micah match, and actually, her selling was pretty good throughout all fine. three matches, because all like- three women sort of took the arm apart, but I like the fact that Ruwaka has very clearly seen Konami do it, and has then been like, I'm going to do that, which is great. It's, it's She's learning from members in a weeder time. Now, the only thing we need to do is to get rid of the brand new decorated papier-mâché fucking vegetable crate that looks something like something off Art Attack. I like the crate. What is, what is that? It doesn't look like it hurts anyone. I mean, like, what do you want people to hurt people? It's wrestling. I'd like the appearance. Okay, she should start bringing a light tube. A, a purple light tube. Fucking light tubes. Jesus Christ. Why is it with you and light tubes? They're cool. Yeah. They, like, explode and go burr. It's great. I do like the fact as well that despite Rewaka's 
dominance in this match. It wasn't a case of, you know, Tam hulks up, it's the Twilight Dream and she's off. I like the mm. fact that it was her inexperience that sort of played a fact in this. The fact that she, instead of carrying on targeting that arm and proper taking it apart, she goes to the vegetable crate and then... Mm. Tam's able to capitalize she wants on that to be like Tora. because she wants to be like Tora. Exactly, that's something that you can sort of play into. Um, but yeah, ultimately, you know, it's a move that didn't require her to use her arm, which is great. Um, and yeah, I'd argue this is the best I've seen Ruaka look in singles action. She had a good match against Sayurida for the future belt um, a couple of months ago at Corican. Um But I'd argue this is the best we've seen it. And you mentioned it, I think, on Twitter. The first time we've really seen her, like, as a bruiser, like a proper threat. And I think mm-hmm. it worked because, you know, Tam's come in with an injury. And, yeah, I think that's how it works. I think she's done really well there. Yeah. Um, What did you give it? I gave it three. Yeah, I'm along the same. Good job being a bundle of positivity, Chris. <laughs> I mean... Have you listened to this? Have you listened to this fucking podcast? Yeah. To be fair, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know that Chris is I, nothing. Nothing. I am. I am either obnoxiously happy mm-hmm. or mentioning child mortality. <laughs> um. Yeah. Having known Chris for three years, um, I can honestly tell you that when he's happy, he's actually worse. Um. Which. <laughs> Which doesn't sound yeah, believable, only, but trust me, it is. He's only saying this because I got three picks last time on oh, the on uh, Watch Long Podcast. It was great. It's the best one we've had so far. Let's move on. Um, Red Blonde you know that guy who did commentary? Stefan. Yes. Stefan. Oh, I love man. Stefan. What a man. I bet he's an Adonis. Oh, I bet he is. I bet he is. Beautiful man. Um, yeah, red block action. Saki Kashima getting her first win of the tournament, defeating Julia with the Kishikasai in nine minutes and like, 59 seconds. What I like is Saki is to Julia what Kofi Kingston was to Randy Orton. <laughs> Honestly, mate, I love this match. Thought it was great. This is really good. Saki is really good at like getting out of trouble. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, Julia kept trying to drop her on her head, and she was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, and she effect- she effectively just frustrated Julia to the point where she fucked up and got a roll-up. Saki is God, you're right. I, I love Saki. Saki's great. Like, she was really annoyingly, like, bland and stars, but since joining Awaditai, she's just been great. Agreed, Alex. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, cu- I couldn't agree with you more, Chris. Because she, she was the, like, core of this match. She, she kind of like, for the most part, she kind of just wrestled around Julia. And I'm not saying that to say anything bad for Julia, but all the no. good parts of this match were Saki. Agreed. Agreed. Basically, Saki is the sort of bogey opponent that Julia has. Julia just can't seem to get, like, any momentum against Saki. Like, she had the singles victory a couple of month, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. I believe in Hamamatsu, I think. Um, I don't but... remember locations. Don't forget that Saki's the one who gave Julia her very first very pinfall first loss. loss. Yeah. Um, she's beat her here. And it felt believable. At no point did you think Julia's going to absolutely fucking thump this. There was always that small part of you that was like, if Saki can roll Julia up, especially the longer this match went, because yeah. Julia was on top for the majority of the match. 
like, you know, significant power advantage. But you always had that thought in the back of your head that Saki was going to come in, especially the longer it went. If Julia couldn't put Saki away in the first six, seven minutes, mm-hmm. Saki had a chance. Saki's one of those people who isn't going to win the five-star, but she'll ruin your favourites five-star. 100%. 100%. To a less comedy to a less comedy effect, she is Toriano. Yeah. I think like, better, she, could, she could legitimately a, beat anybody on that roster. She's a middle ground between Toriano and what Sakuraba was in last year's N1 victory. Mm-hmm. Where, like, she's there for, like, quick wins, but, like, she's not predominantly... Actually, in that case, I think Sakuraba's a better comparison, despite the fact you couldn't think of two people more different than Saki Kashima and <laughs> former MMA legend Sakuraba. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of those two having fight is oddly terrifying. Um, that can happen next time on Chris Championship Wrestling. Oh, quick. She can take on... Go on. When it can take on... When it can take on track. Really, uh, you're really putting on the, uh, really putting it on, aren't you, for your streams? I mean, um, like, I'm not, I can't, I can't advertise them. I don't, I barely announce them ahead of time. <laughs> okay. Um, I did like the fact that towards the end, um, like we started and Julie was a little bit wary. Um, and then Saki was basically a dickhead, started twisting her hair and stuff. And that sort of brought on Julia, like, woke Julia up almost. And then from there, Julia basically battered Saki into oblivion, but Saki just wouldn't go down. She kept wriggling out of things. She kept wriggling out of the glorious driver. She kept wriggling out of the STF. And she eventually, she eventually sort of became increasingly desperate. She became increasingly desperate and started resorting to roll-ups, which she, against Saki... You're never going to win with roll-ups. Yeah, I liked it. There was a very clear dynamic of one needs to hit bombs, one one needs to not have the other person hit bombs. You know, it's kind of like, have you ever had to, like, get a child, like, a really annoying small child from one place to another? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. You hit the Northern Lights bomb on them, and then you can take them anywhere. I mean, yeah, it's it's game over at that point. Pretty Pretty sure that's where you were going with that, wasn't it? No, you oh. pick them up and they're like they wriggle out your hand and run off. So you get them again, they wriggle out and run off. It's like you need to go to school. <laughs> they're outside the gates. <laughs> yes. No, no, it's getting them out the fucking door. They're old enough to walk to school themselves. I think you're just there trying to hit the glorious driver on them. Just fucking stay still. <laughs> and we'll just <laughs> burning hammer. No one kicks out of this shit. <laughs> um. Yeah, really, really, really enjoyed this. And despite the fact that I'm still of the opinion that Julia will win this tournament at the end, having her lose back-to-back matches and creating that sort of doubt in herself, I think is a really good way to go about it. We don't just want Julia... If if she is to win, which, again, I am of the opinion she will, um, you don't just want her to plough through everyone and make it really, really obvious. So the way they've booked this is fantastic because, again, Saki has history with Julia. It was never... You, it was never a foregone conclusion that Julia was going to beat Saki. So, yeah, I think I think it worked really, really well. I gave it three and three quarters, Chris. I gave it three and three quarters. See? We're just so similar, Chris. Just so similar. Um, now, um, I have lots to say 
about Unagi. Um, not all of it good. Um, not any of it Unagi. good, actually. Uh, Unagi. Um, but I won't. I won't. Uh, I won't go off on it here. Um, the five star carries on blue bot match. Uh, Utami Hayashista uh, got to four points, defeating Unagi Sayaka, who was also on four points, with the German suplex in eleven minutes and thirty five seconds. Um, Chris, opinion? It was fine. Mm. <laughs> it was fine. Um, yeah, quite literally. I think that's. I think that's probably the best way I can describe it. Um, I mean, in an ideal world, I would have loved to have seen Utami just fucking barrel through Unagi in about three gonna, minutes. They're not going to do that. Evidently, high in Unagi. Yeah, I just I would have liked this story of Unagi having beaten Tam and Azumi because of their complacencies, and then she Eventually gets the gets ideas of grandeur and thinks like she's yeah. the greatest wrestling mind in the world, and then just gets fucking battered by. But instead, you had the same Unagi thing where people are like ah, oh, it's Unagi, and then Unagi gets some offense in, and then she gets put in her place. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it went a bit long. I did think this match went a bit too long, but. I thought it was it was fine. Um, we're certainly not going to be talking about this match come the end of the year, despite Utami being in it. Um, despite Unagi getting, you know, the stereotypical hope spots, which was just a litany of leg drops, and actually managing to briefly lock in the Daifuhan Kartame, which <laughs> it's it's called about three different things if you go on Stardom World. It's either Daifuhan Kartame, Katama, Katame, something like that to start off with. And now it's Daifuhan Gatame. So uh, if someone could uh, please help me with that before I release the Stardom book and it's got about four different names, that would be great. Um, it's the Doom Buster. It's the Doom Buster. Um, but yeah, the thing is, y- Utami never, ever looked like she was going to lose. Ever. Um, so... Ultimately, like I say, German suplex, Utami moves to four points, joint top of the block with Unagi, which is not something I thought I'd say. Um, but post-match, Utami does go some way to putting over how much Unagi's grown in a tenure with the com- company and then makes it weird by comparing her to some Unagi that she had in summer. Makes it really, really odd. Apparently, some of you Nagi is best you Nagi. I, I don't know, Chris. Well, why would you? Why would you have you Nagi in winter? Maybe I don't know. I don't know, Chris. It's out of, it's out of season, man. Of, of is it? Season. Is it out of season? Or yeah. eel season yeah, worthy? Yeah, yeah Do, the sea's frozen over. The sea has frozen over. <laughs> the entire the sea. The sea was on fire a couple months ago. Like, it's not... what are you talking about? It wasn't on fire. Didn't you see that? The sea was on fire. Was it on fire? Or was it an oil spill? Well, well, yeah, but it was still on fire. Right. I'm not. I don't know why I bother. Because uh, what did you give this match, Chris? I gave it two and three quarter. It was fine. Yeah, I gave it three. It 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 was demonstrably fine. Um. Let's move on then to our main event of night three, which again was five-star Grand Prix block action. Blue block match. Azumi getting her first win of the tournament, moving to two points, defeating Suri, who stays on four points with the Azumi Sushi in 13 minutes and 
38 seconds. Um, Chris, what did you think of this? Well, I guess the sea was not on fire. The fire was on the sea. Yes, wordplay. Um, Chris, what did you think of this? Um, I I liked it. <laughs> like, that's what you come here for, guys. Professional style analysis of matches. That's why people tune in to the podcast, Chris. It was good. Yeah. Well, is that it? Uh, okay. So it it was really. <laughs> Azumi and Shiri have really good chemistry, mm-hmm. as was shown from their SWA belt earlier in the year. This had the sort of the same dynamic of high-speed ace versus hard-hitting maniac. Mm-hmm. And it works. It's a really good dynamic. It makes Azumi, who is fairly stoic, um, someone you get behind, which is hard to do when there's like Azumi, um, Momo, and um, Utami can all have that same problem where they're so stoic in nature that when they have to get to the point of being behind, being the one um, fighting from underneath, it can fall a bit flat. Yeah, definitely. That wasn't the problem. That wasn't the problem here, because Shuri just shoots on people. Um, the and it it's just really good. I can't. There was a Canadian destroyer. I love that. The Azumi destroyer, indeed. Yeah, I kind of like how. What I like about the destroyer is that it gets called a different thing depending on where it is. Yep. Like um, there was one um Stevie Boy in ICW up here um has one and they call it the Glasgow Destroyer. Obviously, obviously, if yeah, it's in Canada, Canadian call... Destroyer, Destroyer, Essex Aus- Destroyer, Aus- yeah, yeah. Um, well, what other destroyers are there? Star Destroyer. That's true. Our last episode, Plug Pedro said we need. She needed a kill move. She. Do, I don't think that'll be her kill move. If I'm perfectly no, honest, it's it's yeah. a little bit too contrived to do a destroyer every single yeah, match, and it loses its impact slightly. Especially, and also, um, she didn't even pin her with a destroyer. She just went into a roll up. Into the roll up, yeah, which actually played yeah. into this match very well. And um, also, like, Sayo does a better destroyer. I'm sorry, but she does. No, you're right. So, I think she does. I think she does. Um, so, like, it was a better with her. move, though. Yeah, it was. She, yeah, Azumi starting to like fill out her. Um, both Azumi and Starlight actually are getting better at filling out their moveset. Which yeah, is agreed. Good. Honestly, I think if she did it last for Stomp, could be a good kill move. See, the problem is with the double Stomp from the top. Too many people do it. Azumi does it, Saki yeah. does it, Mayu does it. She needs she needs something else. Um I've got it. Azumi destroyer into it. a roll up would be good. Yeah, but again, I don't a destroyer is something that I don't want to see every match. I, I, if you're gonna do some manner of impact move, you know, yeah, sure, make it athletic, that's absolutely fine. I well, just the there's, there's gonna... a horrible stigma that's attached to the destroyer, I think, as well, which doesn't help. Um Yeah, because it just looks inherently cool. It so, does. Like, and everyone gave it to their wrestler in SmackDown versus Draw. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it was everyone's finisher. Like, what else were you going to give them? A powerbomb? Nerds. Um, <laughs> I, like, it's hard to say much about this match because it was just a good dynamic and it fucked. Like, yeah. it's not layered, but at the same time, it's not meant to be layered. It's a tournament match. Exactly. Um, exactly. I think this is, I think if Azumi was going to get a win over Shiri, this is exactly how it should have happened. Mm hmm. Um, Shiri didn't look any worse. There's no way she could have prepared for a um, destroyer. 
Nope. So, I mean, I just, I, I just thought it was kind of neat. <laughs> you mentioned earlier their SWA match, and that was a fantastic match. But the problem was, and the reason it's not talked about more is because it was the semi. It was on like the same weekend as the absolutely outstanding Julia versus Starlight Kid match. And there was not a hope in hell that Azumi would win. Well, there's also that as well. But even so, you know, that is a match of the year contender. And everybody yeah, came out of that weekend talking about Julia versus Starlight Kid, which which does that match, you know, Azumi and Suri for the SWA belt, does it a little bit of a disservice because it was a very, very good match. Um, in terms of this match... Um, I, I loved it. Suri oozing confidence because she hasn't lost in the five-star yet. Um, Azumi attempting to turn it into a high-speed encounter, but, you know, basically Suri beating her the fuck down um, and basically beating her with an uncomfortable level of stiffness at times. Um and then there was a moment where... Well, there wasn't a moment. It was a couple of moments where the match the match speed sort of... It proper took a nosedive. And I didn't hate that because it's subtle, but I love the fact that Suri basically slowed the match down to almost a crawl when she's in control because she's determined to drag Azumi as far away from that high-speed comfort zone that she remains in into her comfort zone. And I thought that was a really subtle thing in this match, but worked really well. And ultimately, trying to take her time to beat the shit out of Azumi, bisecting Azumi, ultimately cost her the match um, because she took too long trying to beat the shit out of her, trying to kick her into oblivion. And then she ends up getting rolled up after a Canadian destroyer. It also had a very good dynamic of um, one of... Shiri's hit is equivalent to like five of Azumi's. Exactly, exactly. And this is what we said about the SWA undisputed title match back in February. Um, the fact was that Azumi ran out of not ideas, but she ran out of steam towards the end simply because Shuri beat the shit out of her, and Shuri strikes are bigger and better and badder than Azumi strikes. It just, it's just how that works. It was a surprise result, and means that for the second five star in a row, Azumi has beaten Shuri in the blocks. Which, yeah, she seems to be coming a little bit of a bogey fixture for Siori in the uh, five star. Which bogey fixture? I've never heard that before. Have you not? It's no. Like if you're a bogey team to someone, it means they can never be, or you. They always have a hard time against you. Oh, it's a, oh, it's a sports term. Yeah, it's a sports term. Yeah, the only sport I watch is Formula One, which so. isn't a sport. Um, Where's the sport? I gave this it's, four it's a and mo- a quarter, Chris. What did you give it? Four. It was really good. Really, 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 really good. Let's move on then to night four, I believe. So this was again the second night in Osaka Arena. Uh, sorry, the Edian Arena, Osaka number two, August eighth, twenty twenty one, with a significantly higher attendance of four hundred and five people. Uh, a couple of undercard matches before we get into the blocks. Uh, three-way match, Yunagi Sayaka defeated Lady C and Azumi with Daifuhan Gatame in 6 minutes and 42 seconds. Uh, Six-woman tag team match, the Stars team of Mayu Utani, Hanan and Kaguma defeated the Queen's Quest team of Momo Watanabe, Utami Hayashista and Hina with the Hanan special in 10 minutes and 31 seconds. And then the final undercard match, tag team match, uh, Alto Lavella, Kabilawan, 
Uh, Julia and Siori defeated the Oedata team of Rina and Konami with the Scorpion Deathlock in 9 minutes and 52 seconds. Brings us on to our first block match of night four, and that is the blue block match with Micah going to four points, defeating Ruaka with the Mishinoku driver in four minutes and 44 seconds. Uh, Chris, opinion. Fine. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was fine. Like, here's the thing, you, you get to the point of the five star where we're just settling in and having okay matches to get the results in. And that's exactly what should happen. I don't want these people killing themselves for a small show. Yeah. Just, be, just for the sake of a tournament. So yeah, this is fine. Um, there's, you know, normal kids getting managing to get upper hand on a veteran. Well, it's my kids are not veteran, but upper hand on a upper mid carder before they get put in their place. Mm hmm. Work just fine. Um, Mike felt in less trouble than Tam, but you know, Mike is not a from behind baby face like Tam is. So ultimately, that doesn't matter. It was fine. Yeah. In my notes, I've put it's definitely only one for completionists, this one. Um, most of these, most, uh, let's be honest, most of, most of the matches from day three to um, six are for completionists only. There are a couple of matches that I definitely won't be going back to uh, watch again, but yeah, this this was fine. Um, Ruwaka works Micah's ribs with a series of rather tame-looking punches and a volley of sentons. She bites Micah's arm, um, but misses the freezer bomb for the second match in a row. Gives Micah the opportunity to pull Ruwaka away, which she takes, hitting the Mishinoku driver two after hitting the Sazanka. Uh, relative quick and painless, aside from the biting. So... Yeah, there's there's literally nothing else to this match. It's not a layered match. It's not a story match. It's a four-minute match. I gave it two and three quarters, Chris. Nothing offensive, but it's four minutes. Two and a half. It was fine. Yeah, yeah. It's it, Nothing wrong with this. Ruaka, I think, is great. She's really good on. The, bite, the biting is good. The biting is fair, good. Delkid, I've, I've watched a death match with you. You're a sick fuck. <laughs> Um, let's move on then and we move to the red block for our next match with Mina Shirakawa moving to four points defeating Saki Kashima who stays on two points with the glorious collection Mina in 10 minutes and 12 seconds Chris I shouldn't have enjoyed this match as much as I did yeah I could I've done with less banking but then I started watching the match. Um, no. <laughs> um, no um, Kinky. But after that, it's, it was it was a good match. Yeah. I'll, I'll, these two worked really well together. They do. And like a lot of attempts at quick roll-ups, which always makes for, well, easy, not heat, but easy, like, tensiveness. Mm. That's not what that word means. Intensity. Yeah, there we go. There you go. Like, it, it, it make, it's an easy way to make you buy in. Harley Race would have hated it because he once went up to CM Punk and his guy and went, you know that one, two, one, two, one, two <laughs> shit? Don't. Don't do that bullshit. Um, no, but literally, because he was refereeing the match, he's like, you better not fucking do that. Um, I think my Harley Race impression is spot on. Absolutely. Um, anyway, um, this was just very good, very fast, less banking, and it would be even better. 
Um, went on a bit long. Could have shaved a few minutes off of this one. Which is, it's a surprisingly common complaint this year. Um, I'm not going to lie. Most of the matches here, I, I'm pretty sure I've said, could have shaved some time. Even the ones that we really like, like take May versus Julie, you could have, definitely could have shaved five minutes off of that. Five's a bit extreme, but you definitely could have cut some time out of it. Yeah, I do cut like that. You could have just cut the just go straight to the bombs. Anyway, um, yeah, it, it's good. It's not gonna blow your mind because you know it's Mina, mm-hmm. but it's probably one of Mina's better singles matches. As in, like I didn't actively hate anything she did. No, she, I feel sorry for her because now her role in Stardom is apparently to get sexually harassed. Micah did it to her. Mm-hmm. Saki did it to her. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure someone else has, but I've forgotten. Tam and Mayu did it. Like throughout oh, the yeah. tag league, yeah. Poor, 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 uh, poor Mina. Um, <laughs> I don't think she's aware enough to know what's happening. No, there is that. There is that. To be fair, it's like if you sexually harassed a puppy, but why did I? I could have just said. There's no way I could have put puppy in there. And made that not bad. You didn't have to say it. You didn't have to say. <laughs> what the f- right. <laughs> 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 You make this so hard to edit this fucking podcast sometimes. <laughs> the fuck? Jesus Christ. It's like if you sexually assaulted a puppy. Who the fuck says that, Chris? Apparently me. People are going to unsubscribe, now... and rightly so. Yeah. You muppet. Um, I do this for fun. Anyway, I thought Saki was great here, and Mina, to be fair. Mina's selling was really good, um, and I think that's... That's a big difference between Mina and Yunagi. For me, Mina's selling is a lot better. You feel... Yeah, Mina's... She's a very good um, babyface in peril. Yeah, absolutely. Not because, not only because the selling of the arm's brilliant, and we'll come on to Saki's work on that in a minute, but she, her facials, her subtle nuances, they make you feel like she is actually in real pain, in real discomfort. And it's something she's really, really improved on in her time in stardom. Um... Saki's work on the arm's great. Um, really, really enjoyed the modified dragon screw arm whips. They were really good. So it was a great moment um, that paints Saki's a really intelligent in-ring competitor. She has Mina in a submission, and then Mina's getting towards the, the ropes, and Saki would have been forced to break the hold. But instead, she just breaks her own hold, transitions seamlessly into another in the middle of the ring, and it's just it's excellent. Um it's just, it's, it worked really, really well in this match. And the fact that ultimately Mina wins with a roll-up, which not only is a flash move that doesn't bury anybody, but also it's the move that Sai, um, Saki would use to win. I think it's perfect. Perfect storytelling. Um, yeah. Alex Tremaine has just said, I agreed, I believe Mina in a way that I just don't with you, Nagi. That's something that I'm going to come on to. Nagi's really artificial. We're going to get we'll on get. to that in a match with we'll Konami. Um, um, definitely. Yeah. Mina has something. She hasn't quite put it all together yet, but, but like there's a spark with Mina. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. It's by no means a complete package at the moment, but, and she's showing different him... things in different matches. But as soon as she puts it together, that'll be good. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, she's normally the second best part of Cosmic Angels tag matches. Yeah, and she'll continue to be the second best once we talk about Corican. Um Yeah, Plug Pedro shows she can play her game too. It does add a completely different dimension to Mina's game as well, having this flash pin. 
Um, it gives her that out in a desperate circumstance, which certainly adds to her as a baby face. So, yeah, I do agree with that. Um, I gave this three and three quarters again, Chris. Oh, I only gave it three. I didn't enjoy Ooh, it. Interesting. I think it's a good match. Mm, it is a good match. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I couldn't really find much fault with it. We move on. Um, five-star Grand Prix red block match this time with Starlight Kid moving to three points and Natsupoi moving to three points yeah, after see, their match something... ended in a double count-out at nine minutes and 38 seconds. I always seconds. assumed that two count-out, uh, double count-out would have been no one, because like, a draw is no one lost, but like, like a double count-out is no one won, like they both lost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um... I have issues with the finish. Um, the match itself was fantastic. You know, that's point star like kid have the, got the really good the chemistry. Bulk of the, I, I don't mind the ending, and I'll go into why I don't mind the ending when we get to the ending. But like the bulk of this match was just really fast, really fun. I've given up. So, like as y'all know, I keep a thread on Twitter at Crystal's like, Pura. You plugged it that time. You plugged it. Um... And I put this up. I've given up on trying to like justify my enjoyment of high speed matches, which is effectively what this was. Because effectively, because like, what can you? Like, it's, it was fast paced and the moves were cool. That's all you can really say. Like they're not let. So I've just started using Sonic the Hedgehog lyrics. So like, must keep on moving ahead. No time for guessing. Follow my plan instead. Just believe in what you can't see. Take my lead. I'll set you free. Not a Sonic the Hedgehog fan? Could not give less of a fuck about that blue hedgehog. Oh, but you know he's blue. Everyone knows Sonic's blue. Not not the colorblind. Why? <laughs> Why? Obvious, obviously not the colorblind, Chris. <laughs> I hate you. I really... Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, the match itself was great. And don't forget, in March, these two had an excellent high-speed match, actually in, in this arena, in the Edian, um, Edian Arena yeah. Osaka. Dynamics, dynamics twist, um, twisted, though. Exactly. Also, also, Starlight's improved immensely since... I feel to say that for every Starlight rematch, but, like, she's improved immensely in that time. You think where she's going to be in six months, 12 months? Probably in Stardom. Probably in Stardom, yeah. Pro- well... Might be in NXT. Um, they're, not, they're not hiring small people anymore, more of. Oh, no. Only if you're like... If they're going back to the uh, to the Johnny Ace school of hiring, aren't they? Um, yeah, going back to what I said before about the finish, I'm not, I wasn't... My instant reaction was, it's a cop-out. And it annoyed me, but it makes sense for Starlight's heel character to ruin someone else's tournament as well as her yeah. own. And I do understand no, but, that, obviously... Also, at that point, there was no way Starlight was going to get back in the ring. That's true. So, it's the only, it's the best way to gleam something out of this tournament. Like, at that point, it's having no points or one point in the table. That's exactly like, what I've said. That's what I like. Because, actually, I was talking about um, to Forrest about this um, on BRH stream, where I wish people would use count-outs more. Like I wish people, I wish countouts were like more strictly enforced, so it could be like something you could factor in into your win, win, winning strategy. Mm. Yeah. Um. Like throw them out and then like keep 
kick like use your offense to sort of keep them outside. I think that could be good. I think that could be really good. You do appreciate afterwards, obviously, you know, we have the whole thing where Starlight chokes Nat's play out and then basically says that she's the challenger for the high speed belt, the next challenger. Um I I do appreciate that obviously we want to get to Natsupoi versus Starlight, but we can't then have Natsupoi lose to both Kogama on the opening night and Starlight. She can't lose to everyone in the division, despite New Japan thinking that's the way to book the United States Championship division when Juice Robinson's champion. Um That was three years ago, get over <laughs> But you you can't do that. So this is a way of, you know, getting that challenge in but not completely burying your champion, which I do appreciate. Um, yeah, but at the, at the same time you could have had her beat Kogama. Yeah. Kogama's not at the stage where like the big wins get the big win's gonna feel like a manufactured big win rather than gutsy performance like we saw on the main event of Corican. Which was great. Do a lot really enjoyed it. that. Um yeah. the challenge does excuse the finish a little in retrospect, um, as it's using the five star match to set this up. That result is surely a no brainer, Chris. Starlight has to win this title. Not only is she one of the hottest things in the company right now, but she's also zero and seven when it comes to okay. challenging for the high speed championship. If she goes zero oh. and eight, that's pretty hard for anyone to come back from, surely. I'm sorry, but like, there's two things. One, it's the high speed belt. They just forgot to change it um, half a million. Um, for they just forgot to put it on the line for a year last year. So, if I've got to get like, over it, no, no, no. If I've got to get over Juice Robinson and the G1 climax, you've got to get over Riho as high speed champion. There's a big difference. No, there, there was, isn't. That was, was, was only last year. Juice Robinson three years ago and wasn't the most offensive part of the US title scene that year. No, disagree. You can't bring that up now. Um, and second of all, you're trying to put logic on the stardom of all places. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, stardom's not you a logical place. You can't turn place. Starlight Kid heel, make her one of the biggest heels in the company, if not the biggest heel in the company, in the, with the um, exception of Natsukatora, who's obviously injured. No, I agree with make storyline sense. All this momentum what... behind it. Don't forget, spoilers, going into this, she's top of red block. She can't then lose the belt again. Because who's Natsupoi got left to face? Kogama? And that's it. Um, she already beat Azumi. She's already beat uh, Death. It, she... I'm still flabbergasted that Saki's not in high speed. Say again? I'm still flabbergasted that Saki's not in... Not Saki. Yeah, Saki's Saki, not in high uh, speed. She would make a... She, oh, she would make a decent addition to that division. To be perfectly honest, especially since she's not currently in any division. Exactly, she's never been pushed for singles titles ever, so that would make sense. She's very um, pushed for tag titles. Yeah, true. She is normally bigger star and Saki. Do you think? Do you think Starlight Kid wins this? Maybe it's, I'm fifty-fifty. Like honestly, it's not like high speed. High speed isn't a belt that normally has long reigns anyway. Well, I say that Azumi and Hazuki and Riho, but um, yeah, it would make sense. Like I'm not saying it would make storyline sense, but like again, it's stardom. They sometimes feel like we book at random. Mm. Yeah. So, like, especially since right now Starlight stories of May. Like again, it would like at that point it would just be a trinket. It'd be like I've managed to achieve this thing I haven't achieved before. Yeah, but like considering she already went for white belt and lost, she's that it would feel a bit a bit like a downgrade. 
it would. Yeah, I do. I do get that. But when you consider she's had one piece of singles silverware, and it's the future bell, which no one counts. I feel like her character development, her character work, and everything she's done since the heel turn, she deserves a singles title. And yes, it's the high-speed title, but don't forget, it's the title which she is synonymous with because of all these losses. You know, the white belt, you can understand her losing. She's not quite at that level yet. I'm sure she will be in the next six months. But at the moment, with the amount of talent that you've got in that very small area red and white belt i think starlight's perfect for the high speed belt because she's going to put on wall-to-wall bangers like um plug pedro's just said having starlight win and then kaguma as the first defense makes sense it does make sense but i think that depends on how their block match goes um yeah we'll see we'll see uh what did you give it chris you gave it um Oh, no, we haven't said that yet. It's the previous match. Sorry. Ignore me. What did you give this one? Um, Poi and that's okay. Four. Four. I give it three and three quarters. Uh. Right. Now. (laughs) You know what I like? You're you're presuming here because I haven't told you what I thought about this match. You've deliberately not told me what you thought about this match. No, because for context, I've heard two... Like I saw no one talk about this match on Twitter, right? I've seen I've heard two things about this match. One from Rob where he said he loved it. Mm-hmm. And one from Valkage where he said it's everything he hates about wrestling. Correct. Um so yeah, that's what we're talking about. Main event of night four, blue block match, Sai Kamatani moving to two points with her first win, defeating Tam Nakano in four, uh sorry, who moves on to who is on four points with the Hurricane Rana in thirteen minutes and eighteen seconds. Can- I don't normally do this. Before we go into the match, what did you give it? Four and a quarter. Huh, okay. Um, I really, really enjoyed this match. Um, it was a good match. For... I, d- I don't... I don't I, I'll say, go the other way right now. I don't hate this match. Okay. This match is a marked improvement over their title match by a long way. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't actually bad. In fact, it's actively good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my biggest problem with it, just to jump to it, is I think it kept going like two or three minutes after its emotional peak. Like I think you you know when Tam hit that uh, hit the tiger out of nowhere. Yeah, that was the peak of this match, and then it just kept going. It was like something out of two thousand seven Ring of Honor, <laughs> where like the stuff after it was cool. It was cool. Those good moves after this. But like, but like the the like, if we were to draw a graph of this match, it was like boom and then boom. Like, it's not a massive dip; it's still a dip. But yeah, it's much better than the title match. It's actively good. I really enjoyed it. There was some really good stuff in here. Um, Sire, Sire's hits actually like landed, mm-hmm. which is better than the slaps, which felt like they went on for like ten minutes. Yeah. Um, and then like Tam's kicks actually connected here. You could hear them after yeah, that. Definitely. And then the bottom in the back half. It, it was good. It was a good match. Um, hit all the normal big match tropes, which I'm not sure I'd love for a tournament, but you know, it it started a minute. So a I, couple, enjoy, I I enjoyed this match. It was a good match. A couple of things I just want to say about it, then. 
So people who enjoyed the pair's championship match back in July commented on the story of Tam being willing to do the ugly work to win the match. And that was something that Tam put over in her post-match. Um, while Saya was basically wasn't willing to do that, um, ultimately resulting in her losing that white belt match. Here, she seems completely focused on the task at hand. She's refusing the handshake, and she's focusing short-like on Tam's injured, heavily strapped arm, the arm that had been already been the focus of the Konami and Ruwaka matches. And this match isn't pretty. Like every Saya match, we talk about how athletic she is, how, you know, how good it looks. You know, she's doing topes, she's doing phoenix splashes. It all looks so beautiful. Here it didn't. It looked raw. It looked messy. And that was the point. She was doing the ugly work. She was doing the messy work to get that win. Everything that she did, she didn't bother with the handspring. It's the first match I think I've seen Saya where she hasn't done that handspring dropkick. And she didn't do it. She didn't bother with it. Everything focused on Tam's arm. Everything. Big boots, drop kicks, slams, everything. The strikes, everything focused on Tam's arm. And it was instantly, every time Tam gained momentum, Saya would go back to the arm. And it just worked. I was so much more invested in this near 14-minute encounter than I was... With their title match. And don't forget, I quite enjoyed their title match. I enjoyed my, their title match far more than you did and a darn sight better than uh, Velkic did. But I genuinely enjoyed the untidiness of this match, the story that it told with respect to their title match, the fact that Sire wasn't just going through the motions, which sometimes, and I don't mean that in a disparaging way, you know, she sometimes there are key moments that she has to hit in every match sometimes. Yeah. That, handspring dropkick being you know the main offender she, do, she does the um springboard crossbody to the outside all the time exactly exactly can we just talk about the fact by the way that when tam went to do the uh crossbody to the outside which uh, you know the entirety of stars do sire just moved that yeah. is great why don't Samoa more jo- people do that Samoa joe that shit yeah zach saber jr if you're gonna jump at me i'm gonna fucking move that's yeah. great. It's great. But the fact that Saya manages to goad Tam into using her bad arm during that really emotionally fueled forearm exchange, which means that it's even weaker and she can't bridge when she does eventually hit the tiger suplex. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. And I think as well, it is rather fitting that the match ended with a really messy looking Hurricane Rana than, you know, with Star Crusher or with the Phoenix Splash. Yeah, I think it should have happened sooner after the the Tiger, though. I think she should have tried to set up something else and then get it turned into a... Like, m- more quickly, because, again, after that, the emotional peak of the match had been... And at that point, you end it or you go to... You go the distance kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a... It's an, I'm not saying, like, I wasn't like the end of this match was bad because it's like objectively like not bad mm. but also i was markedly less because as soon as um the tiger suplex didn't win i'm like well size winning <laughs> no i get that i do get that and you know that's why i'm not you know standing on the rooftop saying it's four and three quarters um there are you know there are I like moments how, like 
I like how you like that's your ceiling here. It's like, oh, these two couldn't go five. <laughs> Do you know what? With story, I'm sure they could. Um, they prove that they can put on a fantastic match here. Um, oh yeah, they can put on a good match, but like, I don't know, five's quite high. Yeah, well, that's why I haven't given it five, Chris. Listen, pay attention, Chris. Um, what did you give it? I gave it three and a half. It was good. It was really good, actually. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, let's move on then to night five. Uh, there was only two matches from the five star on this card. Well, so very quickly, I'm gonna I'm gonna rant because I was talking to you about this. And you're like, you can skip to night five. I'm like, we have a fucking podcast. No, right. <laughs> that got that got lost in translation. What I meant were. Sorry, what I meant were what I meant was the uh, the matches aren't great. That is what no, I meant. No. I didn't mean skip them because then ultimately I might as well do the podcast on my own, um, which <laughs> I feel like I do sometimes. Um, so five star Grand wow. Prix twenty twenty one night. I'm the most entertaining part of this podcast. Mm. <laughs> to you, you are. Um, I, I enjoy myself. You do enjoy yourself, and that's all that we can ask, Chris. Um, but yeah, so if I like didn't give a fuck, that'd be weird. What do you mean if you if you didn't give a fuck? <laughs> You've mentioned molesting dogs, the death of children, on just in the last hour. You know, you are like you started counting up, and then you realised no, it just feels like there's more because the two things he it, said were off. Yes, it does feel like there's more. Oh. Um. Anyway. Let's move on to night five, August 9th, 2021, from Kisai Bunker Hall in Nagano, in front of 177 people. Like I said, there's only two matches from the five-star on this show. They're the only ones we're going to review, so I'll quickly read through the rest of the results. Uh, so we opened with a three-way match with Tam Nakano defeating Lady C and Mina Shirakawa with the Dodon Tam in seven minutes and 52 seconds. The first... Um, block match then was from Blue Block with Konami getting her first win of the tournament, defeating Yunagi Sayaka, who stays at four points, with the Triangle Lancer in 11 minutes and 33 seconds. Um, right. Big old meh. <laughs> Big old meh. Yeah, this isn't it's not good. Even, it's, it's not even fine, it's just meh. Like, it's not... Act- like, we'll get to an actively bad match on the Corican. <laughs> um, this isn't actively bad, per se. Below average, yeah, sure, especially for tournament Konami standards. Um, there was no real structure to bite your teeth into. Nothing... Like, I love Konami, but she doesn't... She can't rate like in terms of that like shooter role. She doesn't raise people like a Shiri does. Agreed. Which is fine, but doesn't have to be her job. But like when she's in there with Nagi, it's like oh my god, just and like I don't even think how long did this match go? It went eleven minutes and thirty three seconds. That's about eleven minutes longer than it should have, and Agreed. it felt about and it felt about eleven minutes longer than it was. Right. So I just want to read something from my notes and it links in with what Alex Tremaine has said here Mina feels like she has a better grasp of the basics than Unagi like Unagi is building this flashy move set on shaky foundations I agree with that entirely and this is why 
it ultimately plays out exactly the same as their match when Konami was part of Unagi's seven-match trial. It is basically the exact same match, just with a Sushan more heatless Unagi offense. Now, I don't mean to hate on Unagi incessantly, but this match... We were, but to be fair, it's not like we go out. Of, it's not like we don't praise Unagi when praise is warranted. No, certainly not. Certainly it's not. It's just like it's just warrant. Like we praise Unagi's time match. We praising. We gave praise to. We went out of way to save it the problems with the Shiri match one to Unagi. Mm. It's just a case of here she was definitely the problem. <laughs> it just highlights everything that doesn't connect with me. Watching yeah, Mina but- against Saki on the previous night. We saw some excellent selling from Mina. And through that excellent selling, you were invested in her as a baby face. But she just doesn't, Yunagi just doesn't seem to have it yet. And she just opts for screaming as her fire (laughs) up because instead of any sort of selling, it it just doesn't feel earned. The thing about a round robin is it does nothing but expose your flaws. Like, you saw people, like, coming out of, say, 2019 G1 being down on Cobb or last year's N1 victory being a bit down on Marifuji because so many singles matches in such a short amount of time. Mm. If you have flaws, they're going to be exposed, no matter how minor they are. Like, I brought up, say, Julia's and May's mat work, which normally I never would. Mm. But, like, because it's all so close together, it's like, yeah, this is, like, a noticeable problem. Um, with Unagi, her problems are noticeable anyway. So, like, when it's something like this, where, like, and I'm not being funny, we've seen the same Unagi story a million times. We've seen it since uh, um, Seven Match Series. And, like, we haven't got... We, Unagi has an Unagi match, and when she strays outside of the Unagi match, it's worse. One thing we've always said about Unagi is that she's better from underneath than she is on top. But here, she I mean, it doesn't help that I think here she was having an off night. Um, I mean, she completely whiffs a big boot. She fluffs a really, really convoluted roll-up. And then she takes some really odd, physically defying bumps from Konami as well. It just... It didn't connect with me at all. Yunagi as the underdog babyface didn't connect with me at all. It has done in previous matches, just not here. Konami is not the kind of person to raise someone like Yunagi into a great match. I mean, even the finish was clumsy. Konami can raise people, but like they can't be as far below her. They've got to be of a certain level. She can give like Mayu a fairly compelling match where they grapple for a while. Mm. That's the kind of thing we're talking here. Not like she can raise people's weaknesses. I don't think she can raise someone like Unagi, who's like at best a C in like all areas. At best, she's a C. I understand what they were trying to do here with the match. Like you know, you've got Konami basically attempting to outgrapple Unagi and because it's a massive gap in Unagi's offense. It it makes sense. You know, she lacks the necessary reversals to get out of it, but it just it feels. Very run in the mi- run of the mill, and much as I'd love to land every single thing at Unagi's door for it being a boring match, Konami takes some of the blame as well because it never felt like she got out of second gear either. Um, I mean, but to be fair, I don't want Konami to go out of second gear for 
something like this. Agreed, but like, then the match the day, should be going know, 11 minutes. Well, that's, to be fair, the time they were given is not their fault. No, agreed, but they should be doing more to fill it. Yeah, There's but, more like, that Konami could have done. Properly fucking brutalised her. Um, in terms of, like, Konami, like, from Konami's perspective, if you know that, like, the best you can get out of her is fine, and you have... And like this is before the shows get cancelled, so you have X amount of matches in like a very short amount of time. I don't blame her for taking a night off. Mm. Especially since no, no matter what, no one was coming out of this one talking about Konami versus Unagi. In fact, no one was going to come out of this one talking about anything. But... Well, I have other problems as well with uh, Konami's tournament so far. Um, what did you give this, Chris? Um, two. It was meh. I gave it two as well. I thought uh, calling it meh is probably the nicest thing I can say about it. Um, we then go to our second and last block match of night five, which again came from Blue Block. We saw Micah go to the top of the block with six points, uh, defeating Azumi, who remains on two points with the Mishinoku Driver two. Oh, Chris, I'm so disappointed in this match. It was decent. It was fine, and that's the it problem. Like you look and you think, oh, Micah versus Azumi, and then I it didn't... was it was fine. These two have never stood out as a pairing that overly works. So like I wasn't expecting fireworks or anything. I was expecting it to be a short, fun sprint, and it was a short, fun sprint. It was, so but the, the finish just came out of same... nowhere for me. So again. The finish just came out of absolutely nowhere. There was no build to the finish. There was no... It just didn't feel... Yeah, but this wasn't a high-speed match. Azumi tried. Azumi tried in the same way she tried against Suri. But Micah had far better... She had the significant power advantage and basically flattened Azumi. But then... There were some really good counters in here. There were some good counters. And, you know, we say that about every Azumi match. But Micah was great as well. And... To be honest, Mike is doing a tremendous job in this tournament. So, you know, yeah. I'm not going to spend too much time <laughs> ragging on this match because I've, you know, Mike is one of my favorite people in this tournament at the moment on consistent match quality. I think it's probably only Suri and Utami. You say that. Julia's been um, fairly. Yeah, consistent. Julia has been very and good, actually. Momo in her two matches has been really consistent. Poi's been really consistent. It's been a good tournament, um, like Saki, in ring. Saki's been really consistent. Saki's been surprised. Saki's been great, but it's not been at the same level. If you get no, what but I mean. she's been she's been consistent. She's been very consistent, and same with Tam. Yeah. I don't know why your hatred of Tam has come from all of a sudden, but I, I don't hate Tam. It's, again, it's one of the case, it's one of those cases where her title reigns exposed some of her problems, and then that doesn't that doesn't make me dislike Tam. It okay. just means I can acknowledge her problems. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I just, I, I find it quite maddening that this match was pushed for time as both women would have put on a classic with just five more minutes, yet the Unagi match went 11. Yeah, well, again, we're very high on Unagi right now. I don't give a shit if they're high on Unagi. <laughs> Honestly, I could not give a fuck. Um, I, I don't mean to be... Maybe, maybe, maybe they want to get some branding in there. Could not give a shit if they want to get Unagi. more summer Unagi. Unagi Zunagi. It's. Just, I'm sorry. With, with Momo's rice. I understand that you need to give her time. I understand that you know to get her better. 
she needs to be exposed to better matches. But they should be realising that she's not getting better quick enough. And I'm sorry, I might be in the minority with that. I, I might well be in the minority of that. I might have an absolute cascade of you naggy lovers telling me that I'm a dickhead. And that's fine. I am a dickhead. But you, you can't deny that you naggy's matches are nine times out of ten copy and paste. And I completely agree with Plug Pedro. I do hope that Takumi squashes her in like two minutes. Because if that goes 12 oh. minutes and Yunagi gets anything other than a slap, I'm going to cry. I hope it's like 12 minutes, but Takumi kind of just kicks her. <laughs> just 12 minutes of Takumi kicking the face off Yunagi. Yeah, and... it'd, be like, it'd be like Tai Chi versus Ibushi, but like really one-sided. Yeah, just one side of that match. Like, I'm sure Yunagi's a lovely person. She seems really nice as a person. And this isn't a slight on her as a person, but as a worker, okay. she's That's dog like, shit. I think, she, I think she's been put in a situation where, like, when Mina got better, over, she got better over a series of tag matches. Where, but, like, she could better explore what works for her, what doesn't work for her, and then tag out so that Tam and Mayu can do the heavy lifting. Um, whereas with Unagi, they're trying to make her get better. In high stakes singles matches, they did it with Cinderella. They did it with a f- in the future tournament, and now they're doing it here. Like you're not gonna like she's not been given enough time to like address her problems because the next singles match is always like, a few days away. Well, then that shouldn't be the case. And no, yeah, fine. That's not Unagi's fault. I get that. Then they're going about Unagi wrong. The like, way they I went about they the way they went about bringing Mina up was great. But to me, and Alex Tremaine, I'll just put the comment back on the screen there. I don't think she's not getting back quickly enough. It's that she's not getting better at the same rate she's being pushed. Couldn't agree more. But you've got, at some point, that has got to fall on you as a wrestler to inject more things into your arsenal. But like if she, if she doesn't have the time to do, like what can you add in two days? Like, no, that's fine. Got, she, that's fine. But she shouldn't be a champion, even if it is the future belt, it, and they are, you know, short of people. But when fifteen-year-old kids are putting together better matches with more training, I understand that. But I don't. I, it is happening far too quickly. She should not be in the position that she's in. No, she, no, I agree that she shouldn't be in the position that she's in. But I can't really be mad at her because what else can she do? I just I don't think she should be in the spot she's in. It's no, really quite maddening. No, she shouldn't, but I can't I can't at all blame her for that. Well. Like no matter your experience level, if you're like in a wrestling, we're gonna go, Oh, you we're gonna give you this many dates against this many big stars, you're gonna take it. She just hasn't I just I don't see the ability there. I don't see what I see in Mina. And admittedly Mina is, you know, not great. But and she's been in fact Mina's also been around for like six months longer. That's true, but don't forget you Nagy wasn't just not wrestling. I know, but like, what TJP asked for you, and like, I'm not saying one's better or worse, but I think what TJP asked of you and what um, Stardom asked for you are two completely different things. Why push you Nagy over Mina? No, I, I completely I've agree with you. I've just seen Alex put you. that in the chat. But like, I know, I completely agree with you. Like, but they're not, it's okay. I don't really think they're pushing you Nagy over Mina in terms of future belt. Because they put the belt on Mina and then she's close to the cutoff day. I will say, yes, that's fine. But if you look at their six man tags or their six woman tags, they lose, or in any tag setting, they lose. Mina is the one that takes the fall. 
Yeah, but again, they're high on Unagi. They like her look. They like her charisma or whatever. And they're trying to do a trial by fire kind of thing. But also that doesn't work. But she had a seven-match trial series, Chris, and didn't get any better as a result of the seven-match series. That's the thing. I do... And I think that's another case where we're going about it all wrong because they're, they're not doing it slowly in tag matches, having like veterans out there to catch her if she falls. They're just pushing her out there and hope she swims. Let's move on. Um, the remainder of the matches from Night 5 saw an eight-woman tag team match. We ties team of Starlight Kid, Ruaka Rina and Saki Kashima defeating the Stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Hanan and Koguma and Lady C with the Freezer Bomb in 14 minutes and 35 seconds. Um, and then main event was a six-woman tag team match with the Queen's Quest team of Momo, Watanabe, Saya Kamatani and Yutami Hayashishita defeating the Donna Del Mondo team of Julia Siori and Natsupoi with the German suplex in 13 minutes and 29 seconds. Let's move on then to our last night, which was night six from August 13th, 2021 from Corican Hall in Tokyo, an attendance of 713 people, which was a COVID sellout. A um, couple of COVID matches. COVID sellout. COVID sellout. A um, couple of matches before we get into the main matches on the card. We opened with a four-way match with Mina Shirakawa defeating Siori Lady C and Hannon with the glamorous collection Mina in 4 minutes and 32 seconds. We then had a six-woman tag team match with the Queen Qu- Queen's Quest team of Yutami Hayashishita, Azumi and Hina defeating Oida Tai in um, 8 minutes and 53 seconds with the Azumi Sushi. Oh, God. Right, okay. So we then moved on to the Future of Stardom Championship match, which was the champion Yunagi Sayaka defeating the debuting Mei Sakurai with the Defuhan Katame in 8 minutes and 32 seconds. Dude, this was bad. Dude, this was really, really bad. Some background. If... um. If Mei Sakurai was good elsewhere, she didn't show it here. I understand it wasn't against the best of opponents. Both women came off as very green because they're both... Well, actually, Nagi shouldn't be green at this point, but both women... Thank you. Right, <laughs> right calm, calm down. Take some fucking Adderall. Adderall? Adderall. Have a beer. Um... <laughs> and, yeah, um... They missed about half the strikes they tried to throw. They were um, in the wrong position half the time. There was... They weren't even going for anything that complicated. No, Irish like, whips. It, it was like simple shit done bad. I mean, quite honestly, this match, is, it, it's not good. And, and even that might be dousing it in false praise. It's, it's probably the worst start, stardom singles match this year. I think it's possibly the worst stardom singles match since I've been watching. Can you think of a worse singles match? I can think of singles matches that made me more angry. I, I, I'm not angry at all at this match. I, I, it's objectively bad. I'm not angry at it. It is. I, would, I mean, I was slightly concerned heading into the match anyway about how Yunagi would lead a match. But, I d- oh my God, it, it's not fair to lay all this at her door, but I'll get to Yunagi in a minute. But 
the occasion properly seems to get to Sakurai. She she starts the match poorly, anyone, never very recovers. Quickly, very quickly, does anyone in the chat know anything about Sakurai? Because me and Rob don't watch. Well, I've watched half an hour Res Girls show once and I wasn't really paying attention, so I'm the worst person. Um, but yeah, from her initial appalling strikes as she attempts to get the hot start to completely whiffing big boots to clearly being in the wrong place, bringing the match to a grinding halt, to falling over when Yunagi wants to hit her with the face buster, to struggling to manoeuvre herself into the Diffu and Katame, meaning the finish fell flat. This is not a debut to remember. The finish was, the finish was never going to be hot. <laughs> it, honest, it was colder than fucking Scotland. Right, you, you shut your fucking mouth. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, Yunagi, she's fine here but she hardly sets the world alight and she can be blamed for overselling every ineffective strike of may's like she's been hit by a boeing fucking 747 every strike may hit yunagi's on her ass it's like yunagi stand the fuck up like i'm not being funny but this entire match is an absolute fucking dumpster fire it's bad there's there's nothing good about this match. And yeah, I'm sure you're going to say, oh, Rob, it's only the future of stardom. Nobody gives a shit about that belt. That's fine. That's absolutely <laughs> fine. Completely get that. Don't put her... Your, your, your tone says otherwise. Don't put her in a match for the title in her first fucking match. According to Valkyrie, it's only a 20-second match ever. I don't give a shit if it's a 20-second match ever. <laughs> don't put her in a title match at Corican. And that's not on her. That is on stardom. That's fine. But you've got Rina, who has actually got a Future of Stardom championship shot on the back of this. Put her in there because, yes, she's only 15, but she is very experienced. When you've got 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds like Hannon, who hasn't had a shot at this title, you know, yes, it is the Future Belt. Completely understand the lack of relevancy of the Future Belt. But May Sakurai should not have been put in there. And if she was put in there, she shouldn't have been put in there against Yunagi. Because Yunagi has not got the experience to carry someone of May's real greenness to a decent match. And that showed here. To the point where Yunagi, can you name one piece of signature offense that Yunagi hit that wasn't the face buster? And that fucking no. leg drop? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a dud. It, it's definitely a dud. It's, it's the worst match I've seen since seeing this podcast. And there's yeah. no excuses this for podcast, it. Yeah. I've, again, there's, mad, there's matches that have made me angrier, but they're not objectively worse. I mean, again, I am not just putting this at the two women's door. This is an absolute... I don't understand the booking of this match. Yeah, but it, but it, they were trying to debut her with a bang and it went wrong. Because yeah, but the they, issue is they, now... They, they signed someone with 20 matches under their belt and expected them to be able to hold the weight of a championship match. Against, and no offence to it, against Yunagi. I just, I, I don't understand, Chris. And it, to me, it's going to take a long time to build her back up after this. Because yeah, everyone no, is going to watch gonna, her and just think, she's shit. It's one of those things where she's going to have to be very good for a very long time. Like, look at, it's weird, because even look at Jay White, he had a slightly underwhelming match in the Tokyo Dome, and then it took him a year and a half of being amazing to build that back up. Yeah. Like, whereas here, she's came in here and had a, like an awful match. 
And like, don't get me wrong, it's like she'll get better because you know she's had twenty of matches. Course, of about. course, she's but going to get better. You can, you can only get better from here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there is literally only one way to go because short of breaking her own leg entering the ring, there is no way this match could be any worse. Oh, I like Belkin's the um, chat, but it's probably her best match. I mean, honestly, I would have put late. Genuinely, I would have put Lady C in this position ahead of her. Yeah, Lady C, C's definitely shown more so far. Oh, Belka Dribbino. <laughs> I mean, I would have put Rena. I'd, I'd absolutely put Hannon in there. Debut May in a fucking tag match. Have a tag with Cosmic Angels against someone. Have Cosmic Angels win, and then have May say, "I want to join Cosmic Angels." Don't have her completely fuck up her match against Yunagi, who, you know, also fucks up the match. And fair, then like, have I really want to join you? Why? You're both shit. I, I think we had a. I did like how Tam was trying to like, are you ready to never give up? It's like I love the fact that Yunagi it... said no, and then Tam just completely overrode her and went. Nah, come on then. <laughs> that that did make me laugh. But like, yeah, like Unagi's trying to get. I do like Unagi's trying to get an ego <sighs> one where she doesn't deserve it. It's going to be like Spider Man Three. She's going to be like emo dancing, <laughs> dancing. Um, <like> yeah, <laughs> going to going to going to jazz bars and <laughs> dance. That like he he danced on that piano. That was a dick move. Oh, honestly, it's the funniest thing in cinema. Um, I, I, I wasn't old enough to go see it in the cinema. I just, yeah, I I actively hated this match. Um, yeah, again, I, I, no, it's objective that could dud. There's nothing good in this match. No. But also, I'm not angry. I saw it was coming a mile off. See, because I don't know anything about Mei Sakurai, with the fact and that you... her very, very, very first match, they've put her in, yes, again, I understand the future of Stardom Championship, but a championship picture at Corican Hall, irrelevant of what championship that is, it's, is, it's a fairly, you know... This is Stardom discontinuing to overpush tall people. Yeah, agreed. Because, like, I'm sorry, even, they're overpushing you, Nagy, like, they're overpushing May. They overpushed Himika last year. Nowhere like, near it, to the same extent. No, that's thing. No, it doesn't seem as bad because she, she can was wrestle. Yeah, no, that's because she had a more experience and B is better than these two. But like, they gave her a lot of time in five star. They gave her big wins over big people very fast, and then put her in the white belt picture within three months of coming in. Yeah, but she lost and hasn't been back since. That that I don't mind, Chris, because don't forget she's had time to prove herself. And ultimately, she came second in the five star. That that is far less egregious to yeah, me than like, debuting like, and immediately getting a title shot. Nagi could come second in the five star. You still wouldn't change your opinion on her, right? <laughs> Give me three good singles Unagi matches. Um, good. That's not a high bar. The Shiri match, the Micah match, and the... neither of us oh. like the Shiri match, so don't start that. No, we we gave it a positive score. No, we only did that because of Suri, so please don't... We also said we needed to cut it by half. We cannot possibly say a match is good if we have said they need to halve the time limit. In that case, we need to look at our fucking... Then Micah, her Micah match in the Cinderella tournament semi-final, fine. Her Tam match from the five-star, fine. Give me another one. The Zimi match, match was decent. It was okay. It wasn't good, yeah. it was okay. She had a moment match, I'm pretty sure that was good. I know that was Mina. That was Mina. 
That was oh, a weird... Oh, with Saya Kamatani. Yeah. Oh, Vizimi okay. Matcha... Um... The Zimmy match at um, seven what's ma- it called? Co- uh, KBS Hall. Oh, the Julia match. Boom. My only issue with that is that is all Julia, and I'm not saying that you to mean, be disre- disrespectful. And the tag match for the night before was better. And the tag match was better. Yeah, absolutely. I just see Velka just put the Julia match and the May match. The Julia the match May was match- great, but the Julia match was all on the back of Julia. I don't the think Ma- Nagi could have gave anything to that. I think the Mayo match was good because she looked down the fucking camera before giving a tombstone. But like you say that, she's had a bunch of really good tag matches um, as part of Cosmic Angels. She can hit her spots well. Her five spots that she hits in every match, apart yeah. from in this fucking match. I mean, yeah, but she was in there with essentially a broom. She yeah, May May is May was not good here. And I'm sure she's better than what she put on here. It could have been the, it could have been a lack of chemistry. It could have been just the occasion getting to it. I don't know, but this was not a good match, dud. And the only reason I haven't given it minus stars is because I feel sorry for them. No, I can't give it minus stars because, of course, it was bad. But it shouldn't like, be, this Chris. Is, this, is, this is the kind of match you have in training, and we put it on in Corrigan. Even yeah, saying I... the future, even saying the future belt is one that you don't give a shit about. You look at who's held it, and you look at the matches that we've had for it. I yeah, I wasn't even. I didn't even bring up the future thing. I'm just saying, like, of course it was bad. I'm explaining why I'm not angry because, like, it was always going to be bad. Fucking look at it. May will it's be like, beaten from wall to wall in the dojo by Suri and Tam. Here's hoping. It's it's like it's like being mad at a monkey for throwing shit. Of course it's throwing shit. It's a monkey. That would have got two and a half stars, Chris. Yeah, because shit is an effective weapon if it gets in your eyes. Yeah, this this wasn't good at all. Something that was surprisingly good, though, was the following match. The uh, red block match between Starlight Kid, who moved to five points, defeating Fukigan Death, who stays on zero, with the Moonsault. Um, Chris... Yeah, this is the first actively good death match in a while. I would argue this is the best death match since her title May. match with Azumi. No, I'd argue this is the best one since May. What, the mayor one since what last five star, yeah. The book one, but, but I love the book one. The book one was great, but I do think her title match was decent. Her for high speed title it was match was decent, decent, but her like non death title match was better when she was Kaori Yoniyama, yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Oh, that's oh, the I one with the Zumi. I, I, yeah, I don't count the I don't count um, Yoniyama matches, you just count them as when she's deaf. Yeah, because like it's like Muta and Muto. They wrestle completely differently. Okay. Um, go into this match. What do you think about this? It was enjoyable. For the most part, it was a dumb... I like it very quickly. I do like how Death's thing has become smoking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the sad clown who smokes. It's like, it's like the clown from Toy Story. Toy Story 3. Yep. Who looks out the... It's like, I know... What's his name? Laszlo. Not Laszlo. Who? The bear. Lotso. Lotso. No, it's not Lotso, is it? It is Lotso. Is it Lotso? It's Lotso. Okay. I'm I'm the big baby. Which terrifies the shit out of me. Yeah. It was it was a it was a uh, a brave thing to put that in. Uh, bear in toy. Toy. <laughs> you, you don't trust me. No, I don't. Toy Story 3 is my it's one of my favorite Pixar movies. 
It's Lotso Hugging. Yeah, that's his second name. So it's a pun, Lotso Hugging. And we just called him Lotso. Um, See? Anyway, carry on. Chris knows. Chris can. Um, What were we talking about? Um, The Death versus Starlight Kid match. Ah, yeah. It it went from like high speed with some fairly decent comedy bits. I like Kid getting increasingly frustrated. It's like, just fucking... Stop. <laughs> I like I like kid being a dick as soon as she was on top, like stepping over her to hit the the hit top rope moves. Yep. Good good shit. Like I'm not saying it's gonna blow your mind or anything, but it was like actively like a fun match. Hmm. Yeah, I I agree with you. There's not a, a great deal to say about this. It didn't go very long at all, to be honest. But yeah, it was a it was a good match. I enjoyed the sort of comic elements of death playing off against Starlight. Um. Ultimately, I think Starlight was always going to win this. Um, yeah, it it was it was good. Uh, there's not a lot really to say otherwise. Um, three and a quarter, Chris. I just gave it three. Very good. There we go. We're not very good. Good. We move on then to the blue block match with Sai Kamatani beating Konami. Sai moving to four points. Konami moving to well, staying on two. Uh, with the Hurricane Rana in eleven minutes and five seconds. I didn't like this, Chris. <laughs> it, I thought it was good. I it hit all the normal big it hit all the stardom match. It's like if you were to like make a stardom match, but in an AI, this is probably what would come out. If you were to make a stardom tournament match, mm. it it was fine. They both hit decent moves. They both had some decent counters. They weren't overly botchy about saying something with Siren the Ring. Um. Yeah, nothing. I I liked it. I thought it was good. I d- I'm not going to set your world on fire. I, I'm interested to see why you actively hate it. I don't actively hate it. I just don't like it. Is it, is it, is it they aren't the same, same thing. thing. I found it really boring. Uh, and well, it did go on too long. It it yeah, it did. But it started with. A lot of feeling out, slow, deliberate grapples, and then Konami gets bored and sends her to the outside, slams her into the barricade, wrenches her arm through it. And then it seems that Konami's game plan is to goad Sire into exhausting herself and then pouncing and locking her in the triangle lancer. And whilst that's a good premise for your match, if you don't then fill it with much, then it's going to feel inherently boring. I mean, there was at least three minutes of this bout that felt like dead air. Yeah. Um, I mean, in truth, nothing of any real significance from either woman happened between... (sighs) Between, yeah, going to the outside and the closing stretch. Nothing memorable happened. There was some strikes. There was Konami's purple hair. Um... There was a couple of submissions, but ultimately this this stunk of going through the motions Konami. And I don't know whether I've just put Konami on this pedestal because she had such a fucking good five-star last year, but I've not been enamoured with... Her tam match was good. Her tam match was good, to be fair, but I've not been enamoured with either of the follow-up matches with Yunagi or Saya. I just I don't know whether this was a clash of styles or... Well, in the Yunagi case, I don't think you can blame it but also like no. they had a match last, 
We had a match in the last start five star last year, and we didn't mesh incredibly well there either, if I remember correctly. I I, I honestly can't remember. No, I think they did. So, I think I think Konami just fucking brutalized her. Oh yeah, because that's Konami's pleasure last in year. it. Velka's yeah. last year, it was changing Konami. Yeah, I agree with that, but she was changing into what she is now. Here, she's part of a weeder tie. Does she do anything more savage now than she did in last year's five-star? She did it in the time match with the chairs. Okay. Okay, I don't blame her, but I'm not going to even mention the Unagi match because I don't blame her for coaching. No, that's fine, her. but aside from that, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, aside yeah, from exactly. that... She's definitely coasting in this one, I agree. 100% coasting, and has been for a while, Chris. Well, it's been she has been for two matches, come on. No, I mean, be, even before the five-star, even before the five-star, can you name, apart from the Suri match, which was great, and then she had a good match where she drew with Yutami and a good match where she drew with Tam. But she hasn't been given the spotlight, which is half the problem, which we know is an issue. But then when she gets that spotlight, her matches don't, really connect and then when we get coasting konami it's it's the worst yeah it's a bit like it's weird it's like minoru suzuki where when he coasts he really coasts yeah yeah it is like that i just if she's a heel which her five star towards the end last year was inherently heel just do that here just Beat the shit out of someone. That's all I want. Not everyone. She still, Fine. She still has most of her tournaments ahead of her, so she might She might change. She has got left Utami and Suri. Obviously, the Suri rematch is one to look forward to. Absolutely. Uh, I'm buzzing Shuri for that. Is still top 10 of Stardom's year. Yeah, hard to disagree with that, to be fair. Uh, Micah, Azumi. That should be good. That should be good. Ruaka, Awida Tai. Ruak has been good. Um, and then Takumi Aroa. Ah, that Takumi... Takumi versus just everyone. Takumi versus Konami see... could be good, but you see... get the horrible impression that... <laughs> Have we got another bot? <laughs> yes! Another... The same bot. So, do you want to become famous, Chris? Uh, you can buy no. followers, primes, and viewers on bigfollows.com. Um, Big Have we got our first yeah, sponsor? Um, if so, he didn't send me any fucking money for no, it. No, no. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we are follow- we are sponsored by BigFollows.space.com. Um, that space is very important; <laughs> otherwise, it won't take you to the right website. Also, it's, 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 it sounds like that sounds like it was in. I just for some reason reminded of by Mon Sci-Fi Con. Yeah, I'm just really intrigued as to what primes are. What are primes? Um, like, like you can follow people for free if you have Amazon Prime. Right, and I can so I think, and I can buy uh, prime people. Maybe on on bigfollows dot com. Sorry, bigfollows dot space com. Why don't you go there and find out? To bigfollows dot space com, yeah. the sponsors of today's podcast. I might yeah, well do. Um, yeah, going back to this and ignoring the huge troll in the uh, the huge botter. Sorry, in the uh, in the comments. Um, the only thing I'm concerned about with the Takumi match is that. It's going. She's going to get overshadowed. Yeah, which isn't what we want at all. I mean, but like, also like again, Konami in Stardom terms is like a for life mid carder, mm. and 
when but then you have the prospect of um Roha taking on Utami and Shiri and <coughs> Rude. Carry on. Rude. <coughs> Rude. Yeah, it's fine. Have better lungs. It's grub. What were you saying? Um the, the prospect of <laughs> Oh, no, seriously, I'm good. Uh, you carry I, on. I have my book here. No, you you keep going. Okay. I'll drop my bookmark. No. <laughs> I shouldn't have opened the book I was reading. Oh, my God. If anyone's interested, it's Dr. Oh. Keeper's not. Um, oh. Okay. You good to stop choking? Yeah, I'm good, man. Expected you to have a stronger throat. Oh. Um... So yeah, but like when you have the prospect of the Kumi, oh, I'm good when now. you have a prospect, when you have a prospect of the good Christ, oh, when you have the prospect of Takumi versus Utami oh. and Takumi versus Shiri and um, even like a Micah, they're kind of just inherently more exciting. Yeah. Whereas, like, the Kanama match would be good, but, like, of course it's going to be overshadowed. No, I'm, I'm not bothered. That wasn't what I meant. Prospect. That wasn't what I meant. Sorry. I, I did almost warble myself, Plug Pedro. Yes, I did. Fucking hell. Oh, that hurt. Oh. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> Amber Lamps. Um, yeah, what I meant was, oh, in her match <clears throat> with Takumi... Who's the biggest star there? It's Takumi Aroa. So yeah. even though it's a big match, Takumi oh, yeah, Aroa is going to be the bigger thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Maybe it would be more of an exciting prospect if, like, again, I think part of Konami's problem this five star so far is the opponents. When she was given someone she gels with fairly well in Tam, it went well. She's been given a high flyer who doesn't really suit her. Because, like, if you take Unagi to the ground, what's she going to do? Grapple? That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> or if you give her. Um, Unagi, she might as well be wrestling smoke. <laughs> so, like, in terms of, like, yeah, she's not the best five-star so far, but she's got her worst opponents out of the way. Like, even Tam is hit and miss with Konami. Yeah. So, yeah. She's got her worst opponents out of the way and got a really good match out of one of, um, with one of them. So, like, yeah, I'm not actually, I'm not actually that worried about Konami. Okay. And when you think Konami, Kanai's been coasting, like, she didn't, she hasn't coasted in big matches, she's coasted in, like, a lot of shit she's been given. She's had one big match, mate, which was the SWA match. She then had two tag team matches where yeah, she was where, the like, champion, and they were very average. They were very average, yeah. So, you know, but you also, say... Like, her, I'm not saying, but her and B weren't, like, a great team together. No, they weren't, but then she's been an artist it's... of stardom championship matches where they've been meh, who else was in them, though? Um, Tam. Didn't I just say she was hitting mess with Tam? Yeah, but even so, she can't be just... She was with Micah and Himika. And Micah think... and Natsupoy and Himika. I think in terms of like where she is in the can, Konami does fine. They were, Valgage. <clears throat> Let's move on then before 
and somehow managed to die again. Um, blue block match. Uh, Tam Nakano moved to six points, defeating Micah, who is also on six points, with a roll-up in seven minutes and 37 seconds. Chris, I really, really, really enjoyed this match. It was good. I liked it. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> are you on your phone? I was, I was, I'm looking at my note. That's where my notes are. Oh, okay. Then. I thought you were just texting someone. So no, although I did just find out that Daniel Garcia is taking on Minoru, Minoru Suzuki, and that's an exciting prospect. Um, Tam versus Mike, <clears> I did like it. I, I obviously didn't like it as much as you because I'm not going to use the words very. Okay. But like, it, it was a good match. I thought they dealt decently well. I thought Tam did all right from behind. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good tournament match. I do like It didn't blow my mind, though. I think that's, I think that's because like when I look at the matches I really like in this tournament, like I really like them. So it's sort of like a good match. It's like yeah, it's just a good match. No, I get that. I get that. And I should, I should have, I shouldn't have spat my load up the wall straight away. I, I gave it three and three quarters. Yeah. Um, I loved Tam's selling, and we talked about Tam being great in sub ten minute matches before, and I think this was a perfect example of that. Yeah, she works best. She works best in sub ten minute matches, especially when she's going in cold. Exactly, and here again, the arm was targeted. She was working from underneath. The crowd were behind it. It was perfect. Michael was yeah, the perfect was a, foil for this sort of storyline. This was a surprisingly loud play crowd. It was. It was actually the crowd were really, really hot. Really they, hot. They were really hot for the main event. Like, oh, really? Re- yeah, massively. Yeah. And we'll be talking about that in a minute because that match, spoilers, was also fantastic. Um, but yeah, this was really, really good. I love the fact that Tam's arm is playing a storyline all the way through this tournament. Yeah. Um, you can see it being the thing that stops her getting to the final. Someone is just going to target that arm and she's just not going to be able to come back because here, the only reason she won was because of a roll-up. She did the snap snap suplex, the snap tiger suplex, but then couldn't capitalize because of her arm um, and then managed to transition into what was a really smooth, cool-looking roll-up. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think in this match was good. It was clean. um, Very clean. My favourite bit of this match was certainly where <laughs> Konami, not Konami, it's because I've been talking about Konami, um, where Tam grabs Micah into the Tiger Suplex and Micah ripcords her and just dr- and big boots her arm, her bad arm. Oh, it was brilliant. Really, really cool way of getting out of that move. Um, like I say, I gave it three and three quarters. What did you give it, Chris? Um, I gave it three and a quarter. I I thought it was good. I I liked it. I mean, I just didn't connect with <clears> it as hard as yeah. Yeah, fair enough. <clears throat> right, so uh, we move on then. Five star Grand Prix Red Block match, the semi main of this Corican show. Which, by the way, I should say this Corican show was pretty good. We can't yeah. we can't fault this Corican show. As, aside yeah. from that fucking future match. Uh Mayu Iwatani um moved to four points, defeating Natsupoi, who stays on three with the dragon suplex in ten minutes and eight seconds. Chris, Natsupoi and Mayu, what did you think? So good. So good match. Um I liked I kind of wish the gut selling went further. I mm. like a good gut sell. You do. Like 
and um because it was also very a very creative way to start to initiate a story like that yeah like she missed her drop kick and landed on the rope and then may jumped on her i thought that was really good and then may like sitting cross legs doing the timeout thing dickhead may love it um but then they just that was just a way to start off a time i think because they kind of just did that for a while and then we got things that never came up again um what yeah. you saying because there's sequences of this match where like if it was a t- story they continued with it like went if it was a story they continued with the knees from the sparkle splash would have <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it would have uh it was natural story progression wasn't it really for the yeah. gut selling to happen and then for me to get the legs up on the ferial gift yeah but like because there was like a good five to seven minutes of not selling the gut at all between that no i get that it did, you didn't register that at all in your brain so beyond that it so that's slightly disappointing to be honest with you but also then it just tu- it's basically turned into a high-speed match which i'm fine with yeah may is a former high-speed champion she works well about the pace and it's fairly good for her because it means she doesn't need to take many nutty bumps mm-hmm. that didn't stop but she still ate shit on a frog splash but um, well, not eat shit. But she still threw herself into a frog splash, and then, um, but like it was quite cathartic when Poi did end up hitting the splash, yeah, of sparkles. But um, beyond that, it it was kind of just a fun, fast-paced match and really fun creative counters. Good fast pace. I kind of wish it wasn't just obvious they did. But, like honestly, the way we went about stalling for time. Is preferable to Mayu trying to mat wrestle again. But... Really, weren't a fan of that way. No, she's not a good mat wrestler. <clears throat> um, but like, don't introduce. I please don't introduce an element if you're not going to use it. No, I get. You could attack from the outside or something. Like, especially now because that could have been used for a really good gut selling performance, and now <laughs> it's not the first time you'd be seeing it. One question, Chris. We've seen in the three matches Mayu's had in the tournament, uh-huh. we've seen Dickhead May- Mayu in all three. Yeah. Is this going somewhere, is what I'm asking, because we haven't seen babyface icon from underneath Mayu. In the Momo match, she was obscenely complacent and it cost her the match. Against Julia, she properly, properly turned Dickhead. Like, those headbutts were grotesque. And then here, we see her in no way taking Natsupoi seriously. And it does feel like she's changed somewhat. Do you think that's anything to do with the year she's had? Do you think that's anything to do with, you know, the fact that she's had so many people turn on her in the last year and a bit? I think this will be seen... Oh, my laptop's... Oh, no. Lactose went to low battery. No. Okay. You are so buzzy, my friend. So feedy backy. There we go. Um. So maybe ask me after she's faced Kid. Yeah. Okay. So because right now it could be something, or it could just like sometimes Mayu's just a dick. Yeah. I mean. We've always known that May- Mayu's had this part of her, this complacent dickhead bit. She's, al- she's always had this dick. She's always had this dick. Um, 
<laughs> if you're going to audio clip any part of the podcast, please don't make it that. Um, yeah, she's always been, she's always had this dickhead side that she's had, but it feels like, especially at the moment, it is it is far more prevalent since this all-out war on Oida Tai. And I can't help wondering if this would have somehow come to a different conclusion or there'd have been something else happening if Natsukatora was still in the tournament. Yeah, that's, I think that's when we don't... But again, she was in a different block, wasn't she? Uh, no, Tora was replaced by Fukin Death. Oh, of course. Tora was, uh, getting, Tora was red block. I'm getting Tora and Ruraka mixed up. But, yeah, <laughs> we'll put a pin in it and see how... Who does she have next? Who, she, who does she have coming up? Um, well, I guess we don't know because the show's been cancelled. So, the matches that Mayu, uh, Mayu's got left are Death... Saki, Starlight, Himika, Koguma, Mina. Okay. I think her matches with Death, Mina, um, Koguma, and... So what was the first one again? Uh, Death, Saki, Starlight, Himika, Koguma, and Mina. Mina could be really telling. I think with Mina being that very first sort of yeah, divide be between telling. her and Tam. And then also how she wrestles Kid could be is going to be the most telling, which is why I said to wait to last a kid. And Saki as well, don't forget. All the history she's got with yeah. Saki. Yeah, but then again, we had a match earlier. Actually, that will be a good point in comparison. We'll put yeah. a pin in it. Yeah, we'll put a pin in it, absolutely. But no, I agree in, with in Alex Tremaine. I do kind of want to see Mayu go full asshole and for Jungle to just not recognise a friend when she gets back. That, that would be a really interesting storyline. I think in terms of this match, though, Natsupoi fighting from underneath was great. Yeah. Um, some very... She's very um, sympathetic. And so maybe being an asshole really helped that. I can't, I'm kind of sad it ended on just a normal dragon. Yeah. No, I get that. Um it did feel more high speedy just ending it with a normal dragon suplex instead of the two step dragon. But maybe yeah. Ma- maybe Mayu just didn't think that Nats Boy was worthy of the two step dragon. Dickhead Mayu. Dickhead Mayu, absolutely. Um, what did you give it, Chris? I might give it three three quarter. I really liked it. Yeah, it was a good match. I, I gave it four, but you know, Mayu, shove slinging it four. Um, main event then Fantastic. of Corican was a red block match with Julia moving to four points, defeating Kogama, who stays on two points with the Northern Lights bomb in 14 minutes and 31 seconds. Chris, how did Kogama do in her first singles main event in her new return? Not only her first singles match main event, but also her first Corican main event singles match. I didn't so much sound like a hiccup more than it did a bug flying into your mouth. Honestly, I'm really struggling to talk now. <laughs> um, it, She did really well. She hit hard. She took big bumps. Um, She didn't have this apprehension she seems to have before. Julia seems to bring that out of her because her other best match is that tag match. Mm-hmm. Which, where she was in it more than me, was. Um, it was overall just very good. She did a crossbody when no one caught her fucking face. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I saw that. Ate shit on the floor. Well, she did. She does that first, doesn't she? And yeah. then did it. But she seemed to, like, release her hands a bit late. So yeah, she, she just ate the shit on the outside. 
I kind of wish we had like Power Rangers technology, and when she did that, she like morphed, morphed into a bear. Yeah, it's like bear. <laughs> <laughs> like she does that, and then does that, and then the suit comes down. She's suddenly like the same height as everyone else because that's how Power Rangers work. <laughs> um, we've we've talked a lot about um, Kagama's ring rust. Um, oh, it's gone. Gone completely. I thought yeah, um, she was tremendous here. She seems in a lot of times she put in big situations. She seemed to like second guess herself. Mm. Whereas here, she kind of. I guess it's part of the reason you're in there with Julia, and when she wants to be, she's just viscerously violent. Mm. Like Julia's offense nowadays is just, I'm going to drop you in your head. That ripcord big boot that split Kogama's face open yeah, was fucking cool. awful. It looked it brutal. It was great. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, the no cell, the no cell um, suplex spots. Yeah, that was great. Um, the Kogama taking um, Julia to um, su- suplex prefecture. Prefecture, I said that wrong. Good one. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Comedy. Um, yeah, it's just it's as close to a hot match as you're gonna get in Stardom. Because Stardom doesn't have many, like, in Stardom terms, Utami's a hot. So, like, it's as close as you're gonna get to a hot match in Stardom, and it worked really well. I think Kogum has sort of shown where she can stand outside of the high speed division, and it's a, a decent. It's a it's a niche for Saddam doesn't quite have. Mm. So, um, I f- this has like Kogum has really shown her potential here. I hope she keeps it up, but also like Julia just seems to be one of her best opponents. Yeah, yeah. I'll their match uh, ALK versus um, Magma. As they were known, um, that was a really, really good match. Um, mm-hmm. And I obviously, the best be... match for the tag belts all year. Mm, certainly up there. Um, but I know that obviously Kaguma pinned Julia before that to get mm-hmm. the title shot. Yeah. And these two do have really good chemistry. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought the the Corican crowd by the end of this match, by that closing stretch, was so unbelievably behind Kogama as Kogama is literally screaming in Julia's face, just refusing Mm -hmm. to die. Brilliant. Really, really good. Whenever there was high-speed spots, Julia was keeping up with Kogama. Um, Whenever there was hard-hitting spots, you really felt the crowd get behind Kogama, which, you know is what this is all about. If you are a babyface in peril, you know, we talked about it with Mina. If you are a babyface in peril, you've got to make the crowd believe. You've got to have the crowd invested. And Kogama did that without mm-hmm. doing the overly contrived high-speed stuff. You know, her offense is primarily suplexes and drop kicks, and it worked here. And I, I think you're right. Her and Julia do have a great chemistry, a great dynamic. And it's this shows you... Thought, it's the chemistry of Tora and... Julia would have. Yeah. No, I get that. That oh, that match was so disappointing. Um, but yeah, overall, I think any talk of ring rusting Kogama 
can now be put to bed. Um, well, you say that she still has a few more matches, and she's against one of the most like. When, if you know how to work Julia, she's one of the easier persons to people to work. Yeah, I mean, her natural point match was good. Her na- no, that's thing. Her natural point match was good. A bit long. What was the other match again? Um, she's only had two matches so far in the tournament. Uh, so, oh, hang on. Has she? Kagame. Where are you, Kagame? Yeah, she lost to Julia right, and she beat Natsupoy on the 31st of July. Yeah, okay. So, but like, so the thing is, she's had probably two of the better opponents in, like, Talk to Ring was going to happen when she's against someone who's on her level. So, you look at who she's got left. Uh, Momo, fucking death. Death is probably going to be a tell. Because death, you can, death can work well with everyone, but like, you, if you're a rookie against death, you can tell. That's true. She worked. She did work very well in her ten minute time limit draw with Azumi at Corican. I think on the twenty sixth of July. Yeah. Um, so you know her singles. She's getting good single matches under yeah, her belt. Like, I don't think what she had was ring rust more than like nerves, and I think best. It could have been absolutely. She look. She looks inherently like a little bit of a nervous person, and that's that's fine. Some people are, but the fact that she's come out yeah. and hit, basically hit a home run with this Julia match, you know, the crowd was so into it, so into it. It was really good to watch, and honestly, it's probably one of the two matches, maybe three, that I would actively encourage you to go back and watch from this run of five star shows. What's definitely the best match of this series? Um, um, Suri and Azumi. No, this is better. You think this is better than Suri and Azumi? Yes, I do. Okay. What other matches would you recommend from this run? Suri and Azumi, this one. Poi and Mayu. Poi and Mayu. Kid and... Um... Death? Poi. Oh, Kid and Poi, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd recommend Saya and Tam, to be honest. I'd recommend si- um, Saki and Julia. Saki and Julia, yeah. that was a re- When you think about it, really, yeah, there have been but some then, duds, but there's been, been some really good matches. This tournament's been great, to be fair. With the exception of Night 5, there's been a Fred match every show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's been the, like say, there's been the odd miss, but overall, so far, this tournament yeah, is... It's... it's, it's Mostly settled into people doing pain by numbers to get through the tournament, but also like there's at least two matches worth seeing every show. Yeah, so, absolutely. With exception of my five. So if we look at the current standings in each of the blocks, we have a little bit more of an understanding of where we are going. So blue block stands thusly. Uh, Tam Nakano, six points. Micah with six points. We've then got a rut of people on four points. Utami, Saya, Unagi, and Suri all sit on four points. Uh, Konami is on two, and Azumi is also on two, leaving Ruwaka and Takumi Aroha on zero points. Obviously, uh, the caveat with Takumi is that she hasn't wrestled yet. Um, Red block stands thusly. Uh, top of the pile with five points is Starlight Kid. Um, on four points, then we have Mina Shirakawa, Mayu Iwatani, and Julia. Uh, three points, Natsupoi. 
And then we've got Saki Kashima, uh, Kogama, and Momo Watanabe all on two points. And then on zero points, we have Himika, again, with the caveat that she hasn't wrestled yet, and Fukikan Death. So, Chris, um, obviously, we're not quite halfway through the tournament yet. Um, but Yeah, it's a, it's a case of basically everyone... Even if someone has two points, they're still, they're still another chance. Yeah, absolutely. So like, I, I, don't, I still think it's too early to call. I don't think it's as cut and dry Julia as you seem to think it is. Really? Yeah, because... I don't know. I think Julia doesn't quite need it. Because Julia has, has enough standing to just get a title shot anyway, so in terms of adding five stand on top of it, maybe not. Like I still think a, a surprise win from Aroha would be really, really cool. I still, I also think, like a surprise from like Momo or something. I just, I don't think Aroha's winning it. You say that we we were certain last year as the tournament went on that Konami would be in the final, and then. She wasn't. Again, Stardom isn't one for like the climb, like say a New Japan is. I just think if 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 Iroha wins it, she's not beating Utami for the belt. She might. Like she doesn't. She doesn't. We do it for a shock moment, and we need her at most once a month. And marvelous ones like twice a month. Isn't she's not a hard person to get hold of. No, I just I think it's unfair. In I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't, don't see them ending Utami's reign with Takumi Aroha. They've ended weird. They've ended reign oh, true, weird. Yeah. So, like again, you're applying logic to Stardom where there historically hasn't been any. Um, I still think it's Julia. I think it's going to be a Julia Siori final, um, which I wouldn't hate um, at all. Don't get me wrong. I'm. I'm not. I wouldn't hate the idea of Takumi Oroha winning it. I wouldn't hate the idea apart of anyone winning it, apart from like you know Death, Mina, or Yanagi. Um, I don't know. I, st- I still think it's Julia's. I still think it's Julia's, despite the fact that she's had the two back-to-back losses. I still think Julia is winning this tournament, winning Red Block. I think Starlight. I think it'll be Mayu that stops Starlight. You know, I know we talked no, about I, it being the I other think, way around. No, I think the could keep each other out. I think Shiri anytime he's going to keep each other out of I think that's going to be a draw that keeps each other out of the finals. It could be. It could be. And that could then set up, you know, a tile defence further down the line. Yeah. Of course, if Shuri wins it, that does that as well. I think they, they are destined to have another match after yeah, the popularity way, of that first them, match. Yeah. That's the thing, because we talked about this when the days were announced. Where in terms of a big story on the last day, it's Mayu and Starlight. Starlight. No, it's about, like the whole story with Utami and Shiri right now is they had a really good match for a championship. That's mm. their story. What do you think about Micah winning it? She's second in the um, block. Admittedly, I she wouldn't... has now lost the tiebreaker with Tam, but she's done the final. That, but also, she has a. I think the fact that she already has a claim to the red belt kind of. I think if it's going to be someone from Utami's block, it's going to be someone who didn't beat her. Yeah, I think we can take Sayakamatani out of the picture now, with her yeah. having won the Cinderella. Um, I think I we mean, could have taken her out before, to be honest. 
I mean, if you look at Blue Block, Yutami, Suri, Tam, Saya, Mike, Arizumi, Ruaka, Konami, Unagi, and Takumi Aroha. I legitimately think that everyone everyone is either a contender or a spoiler this year, with the exception of Death. But like Death wasn't meant to be in there, it was meant to be... Sorry. I still think Death can be a spoiler. No, no, she could be a spoiler, just not to the extent of a Tora, who would have been a contender. Oh, yeah. No, no, I get that. I mean, we've seen so that Yunagi's going to be a spoiler, having beaten Tam. Yeah, so that's the thing. Everyone's the, it's well, like, there's no wasted space here. It makes like for a everyone... very compelling tournament, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm legitimately, like, I know you think it's cut and dry, Julia. I don't know who's going to win this year. Well, I think we can safely say it's not Momo, because hashtag Momo is buried. Um... Fuck off. <laughs> um, just quickly then before we sign off um, the current upcoming schedule for the five star so this is you know hopefully I, I, I think the schedule was <laughs> yeah pretty much it's the emoji of the woman doing that um, but yeah at the, mo- at the moment these are the dates so again this is completely down to COVID restrictions where the state of emergencies are extended and things like that so um, August 28th in Nagoya August 29th in Tokyo September 4th in Shinjuku uh, September 6th in Korokan Hall uh, September 11th in Shinjuku September 12th in Sendai, fuck Sendai. Uh, September 16th, Corican Hall. Um, September 18th, Osaka. September 20th, Corican Hall. September 23rd, Toyama. And then we've got the finals, which of course will be live on pay-per-view and I believe on Samurai TV on September 25th from the Ota Ward City Gym, which of course is where they held Tokyo Dream Cinderella. I believe as well, that that will have English comms. I believe Stuart Fulton and Sonny are returning for that. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we will leave the podcast there. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Thank you for everyone that joined us live and interacted with us in the comments. We really do appreciate it. Thank you for everyone asking me if I am all right. Yes, I'm fine. I've learned to drink like a big boy now. Um, but it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Thank you so much. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can go from anywhere you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podcast Addict, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we really do appreciate it. If you want to give us a five-star review, that would be grand. Uh, <laughs> five-star. Five-star. Ah, see? Today is the day to do that. Um, if you think we've deserved it, that'd be great. Um, if you want to donate, you can do. We have a coffee at the Stardom Cast again. No, you say coffee wrong and it annoys me. It's coffee. Coffee. It's coffee. It's not coffee. It's K O F I. Coffee. Yeah, coffee. The whole thing is buy me a coffee. Coffee. It's not coffee. It's spelled with a, it's K-O-F-I, it's Kofi. Yeah, because it's coffee. Because presumably www.coffee.com was already gone. I mean, yeah. Actually, I wonder what's on coffee.com. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, yeah, if you if you want to donate, there's absolutely no... Um, you don't have to. It's absolutely fine, but obviously it's lovely if you do. Um, you can find us at the website, www.podmania.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter at, at the Stardomcast. Oh. Um, find us coffee. on Twitch at Stardomcast. You can get 35% off your first shipment. See, there you go. Um, you can also find us tea. on YouTube at The Real Pod Mania, Twitter at The Stardom Cast. You can find me 
on Twitter at, at @realrobgoodwin. Chris, where can they find you? At Amanda Holden. At Amanda Holden. There you go. Direct any of your Twitter and stardom grievances at Amanda Holden. See what she says. Uh, in the meantime, guys, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you guys again soon. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.